What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Akalon here, and of course, as always, joined by Rurikon. How you doing, bro? I am extremely tired because I have seasonal migraines. The The thing is, they are very unstable, like myself, so they never stick to a specific season. Just every now and then, here's the migraine, like two or three weeks. So I'm going to be having migraines for the next two or three weeks. It's going to be freaking fantastic. Sure. It's been a really, uh, I would say, illuminating experience because you get like those bright flashes in your eyes, but it's yeah. not really illuminating in a good way. <laughs> <laughs> It's just life's way of uh, of giving you, you know, waking you the fuck up, really. Yeah, um, really I've badly. Luckily, <laughs> I've luckily never had migraines, but I think that's because I, I basically, I rage so much that my body just does not have the ability to rage against itself anymore, um, which is fun because, uh, you know, the podcast is called The Frozen Sodium Throne for a reason, because there is a lot of salt here, and it, it allows me to get rid of all the the anger in my body. So by the time I I'm done streaming, usually uh, I'm zen as fuck, you know, so <laughs> my body is a complete balance so, equilibrium with one another. Your, your stream is essentially an advanced form of therapy is what you're saying. It literally is by the way, like literally is I'm not even, I'm not even going to hide that. That's the perfect way of putting it. My stream is therapy for me when I'm, just so annoyed at the shit that gaming companies are doing, or I'm just annoyed in general. Oh, man. I go live, I rage for about four and a half, five hours against everything in the world. My chat loves it because they're a bunch of spastic morons. So everyone is just chilling the fuck out, raging against the machine, so to speak. Uh, and then we, we, we feel better afterwards. And there's a... <laughs> There's a ton of reasons to complain recently because gaming is headed towards a place where, yeah, I, I don't like where gaming is headed. Like one of my theories is that about five to six years from now, I'm mostly going to be playing like older games and not really yeah. a whole lot of newer titles. Because even mm -hmm. even now, just thinking about yesterday, somebody asked me in my stream, Murakan, but what titles are you excited about? I was like, well, in the near future, like on the 30th of June, we got Monster Rise Sunbreak coming out, which that's going to be amazing. Then I got Xenoblade Chronicles 3, and then Crickets. Crickets all the way until like summer 2023, which is when Final Fantasy 16 comes out. It's just like, whoa, I'm going to have a lot of time to play old video games. I'm looking forward to Final Fantasy 16. It will be my first ever single player Final Fantasy game. So really I, looking forward to that. I think it's going to be the best single player Final Fantasy game ever made because uh -huh. it's just like the way that Yoshi P and his team, because even yesterday people were telling me, oh, Rurikon, how are you getting so hyped over a trailer? Come on, we've seen thousands of amazing trailers. And I'm like, I'm not hyped over this trailer. I'm hyped over this trailer combined with the team that is developing this video game, which is the same oh, yeah. team that is working on Final Fantasy 14. And I know they're not going to jerk me around. At least, you know, all indications are that they're probably not going to jerk me around. So therefore, yeah. I'm pretty confident being hyped for that game. The truth is, uh, if you look at how Yoshi P approached the Final Fantasy 14 development, making his developers play World of Warcraft, yep. play all of these other MMOs, even to this day, they play a lot of games, right? Um, and actually, Yoshi P have said it's not just MMOs that they are forced to play games. They they have to get play as many games as possible. So you can bet your ass, uh, the Final Fantasy sixteen 
uh, crew were probably instructed to play things like Witcher 3, probably instructed to play things like Cyberpunk. Dude, uh, they have Anything that's open world, anything that's story driven, they're going to have to play, right? One of their combat designers, I believe, came from Capcom, worked on both Dragon's Dogma and Devil May Cry. And I was just like, Oh, I love both those games. So that sounds I've never really played any good. Of those games. Dude, you got to play Dragon's Dogma. At some point, you got to play Dragon's Dogma. Dragon's Dogma is really yeah. good. And it has one of those um, mindfuck stories that you would probably appreciate. But it is, it ain't no Witcher. Let's put it like that. When it comes to like its storytelling and whatnot, it is. Uh, yeah. yeah, but it's it's a really fun game. So yeah, I'd heavily recommend that at some point. I'll be honest with you, the, the reason I'm excited for it is I know how serious Yoshi P is about storytelling, yeah. and I believe, in my heart of heart, I believe that single-player games are better at telling stories than than, than, than MMOs. I, I believe you can I believe do a lot they more are, in a single-player game. They are better vehicles for stories and narrative overall, but at yeah. the same time... 14 is the best story that I've ever experienced. So it's like but that's that's why that's why I'm so excited for this. Because yeah. Yoshi P managed to pull off in a medium that doesn't necessarily support great storytelling. Excel. Like you can I would do, say Excel. You you could you yeah. can support it, but not really excel at it overall, I would imagine. I think final what Final Fantasy ultimately ended up doing, you know, 14 in the in this instance, what they ultimately ended up doing is they turned the entire story portion of the game single player. Right? It's a single player experience, it's a story player experience. But they still had to support the MMO elements during this process. So, so they you, have to throw in some so dungeons. In your, that your opinion, some. you would you would consider yeah. the MMO elements to be kind of like a a limiting factor to how good the story could be? Yes. I think ultimately you don't you you can't really do branching options, right? In an MMO. Uh so you can't have multiple endings, as as an example. Now it, I realize they, they actually Yoshi do P, that. They actually do that in 14. Not in the the MSQ, but in some yeah. quests they actually do that. There are branching yeah, paths. I call this I call this like sort of fake branching quests or 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 fake yes. de or delusional choices right Whoa, delusional <laughs> uh, there's a reason why i call it delusional choices because it's it's something that star wars the old republic does as well where it gives you choices but only in quests that affect you and no one else yeah of course right so it's not really a world effect that is going to take place now to be truthful most single player games do the same thing, right? Yeah. Your your choices don't really matter that much. They just sort of pretend like it matters a lot and then it basically all ends the same way. Um but in a single player game you do have those extreme branching arches that you can allow for because at the end of the day, who is affected by your choices? It's just you, yeah. Yeah, it's literally just you. The the world can respond to whatever the fuck you decide. Uh, so if you want to burn down a village, burn down the fucking village. You know, it's not as if you need to use it again. Um, whereas if you do that in MMO, well, what the fuck happens to everyone that didn't burn the village? Do they still see their village? Do you not see them anymore when you're in the area of the village? They get you phased see, it out. It becomes like a mess. 
you can do phasing, but yeah. I've ran through this on my stream as well. Phasing it, is bad, yeah. I think phasing you're is You're going to have, like, yeah, because you you and your friend flies into this place. You made different decisions. Suddenly your friend disappears. You're like, what the fuck? <laughs> we, we, where, where did you go? No, I'm right next to you. I can't see you, though, because, yeah. you know, my town exists and yours doesn't. So it becomes this weird sort of thing that doesn't always work. But back to the, the point that you made, Final Fantasy fourteen managed to present you with a, a story that rivals, in many cases, exceeds, exceeds anything that single-player games can do. So I'm still in Stormblood, so... I, I, I'm yeah, not Storm, Stormblood. Stormblood's rough, dude. When you get the Shadowbringers, that's when you're gonna be like, "Oh my god, what? <laughs> what the hell is happening? This is insane." I should be in Shadowbringers end of the week. Uh, I I have one more wing of Omega left, then I have the Alliance raid left, and then I have the Trials left, and then it's four point four and four point five, and then Shadowbringers. So should be by the end of the week, uh, either starting Shadowbringers or next the week after we'll be going into Shadowbringers proper. Um, but yeah, I, I'm open minded because at the end of the day, like I said, if this is what they could pull off in the MMO, imagine what the fuck they can pull off in the single player. Also, voice acted storylines in single player games is yeah. not impossible to have every single thing voice acted. And, dude, I, I am so fucking ready for every single quest to be uh, voice acted, fully dialogue-driven. It's going to be amazing. I, I'm also very much on board with it. Yeah, I completely agree. It's going to be friggin' awesome. But, so uh, talking about story... Yeah, yeah. The, the, I was I was going to segue into that. Talking about yeah. story, we were talking just before the podcast about how um, some stuff was uh, revealed recently because of 92.5 and the surprises that it brought. Yeah. We talked about in the previous podcast how 92.5 was able to keep surprises, which I think is a massive win for World oh, of yeah. Warcraft. But you wanted to talk about those stories specifically. I haven't really been following them. Because, you know, I'd rather experience them in-game eventually, which is going to bring me to another point soon. But t tell me about those stories. Then. All right. Uh, so there are many ways to tell stories in video games. The, the two major ones, though, if you want to sort of start with, right, there's storytelling, then it branches into two main ways of telling a story. And then from there, it subdivides and sort of borrows from itself. The two main ways of telling a story. The one is what we call world building or world narratives, right? These are uh, basically every single D&D &D game ever. Um, it's, your, it's your tabletop video games. It's the games where uh, it, the onus isn't so much on the dialogue and the narrative. The onus is more on the world and, and the world is its own story. The world presents its own story. Uh, very similar to Alden Ring, in a way, right? Alden Ring, the world is the thing that tells the story. There's massive arching narratives. There isn't dialogue-driven narratives. So there isn't necessarily that, that heavy onus on personal relationships and interpersonal relationships and uh, love affairs and shit like that. It's more alluded to. Oftentimes, if stated explicitly, 
it will also have a, a, a sort of element within the game that is important for this to exist. Um, you know, look at, for example, uh, Mog, the, the, the article we read the other day, right? Mog, the, this fucked up God, uh, the, the basically just took prisoner a child and, and wants to make it a child bride or actually not even actually a child, but an internal child because of curses or whatever. Um, it's an extremely broad story. There's, there's not a lot of like word for word, moment to moment storytelling there. It's more when you piece everything together, a, an image starts to emerge of what this God is and what this God does, right? Yeah. That, that's the idea. So this yeah, is what yeah. we call world building narratives. And then you have dialogue driven narratives. So this is where um, there, there's relationships being formed. There's characters talking and mass effect, dragon age, that type of thing. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. Uh, world building is still important. There's still a, an element of it, but more often than not, world building is done through the dialogue, and um, the dialogue really takes the forefront of everything. Whereas, think of something like Mass Effect. The world is important, but if you were to compare Mass Effect and Elden Ring's worlds to one another, which one do you think is more important? The there's a lot more onus put on the Elden Ring one, right? Yeah. Whereas in Mass Effect, its world is oftentimes more alluded to. Yeah. Whereas the dialogue is far more important. So these are the two main vehicles through which you tell a story. In MMO terms, this is World of Warcraft versus Final Fantasy. Final Fantasy fourteen, yeah. Yeah. World of Warcraft, historically, always been a game that's very big on world building. Not so much on the dialogue elements. Um, dialogue in World of Warcraft is more often two people making monologues at one another. The monologues are sort of loosely connected, but not really, uh, because ultimately all they want to do is say an important thing, um, and that important thing you need to know. Uh, in Final Fantasy, anyone that's ever played it will know. Literally the other day, uh, Ruri, I made, uh, I timed my playthrough, and in almost an hour and a half, there wasn't a single time where I was sent to go kill anything. Yeah, it was literally run from one NPC to the next, and talk. That's it. Just, just talk. That's what they're, we're doing they're, here. We're they're, they're, pretty, they're pretty comfortable doing that because yep. the way in which they tell their story is like, well, you know, the warrior of light doesn't necessarily need to be butchering things every 10 seconds. Your character has a yep. much more important role than the local dude that's just going around killing stuff. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it also hits the mark, right? Because... Whenever you are sent to go kill something, you know the thing it's that you're meaningful. killing is important. Yeah. yeah. They're not just going to ask you willy-nilly to kill five of this, ten of this, twenty of this, you know, just because you have to be busy. Unless you're doing um, side quests. In side quests, they will do yeah. that. But, like, in the main story, no, they don't do that. I mean, a lot of the side quests just do, like, the ones that I've seen, the people giving you the side quests don't even necessarily know that you're yeah, the warrior. They, they don't know who you they're, are. They're, <laughs> Yeah, they, they just need, they have problems and you can solve their problems for them, right? That's pretty much the only, the, like, I get that. And obviously you need to have that. It's an MMO. People, there's a lot of people that love playing that way in MMOs. But all right, so historically, World of Warcraft, that world building narratives, right? And Final Fantasy dialogue narratives. And then I noticed something with the three newest cinematics. And 
it's not that these three newer cinematics are the only ones that do it. It's that I went back over the weekend and I watched every single cinematic in the history of World of Warcraft. I watched all of them. And I made note of where things started to shift. And it would appear that around Legion was there there was a very clear shift in what Blizzard is trying to do. So Blizzard went from world building cinematics to, to the dialogue, dialogue stuff. Yeah. very heavy dialogue stuff. So things like Lost Soldier, right? Things like Sylvanas and Saurfang outside, uh, Ogrimmar. These are dialogue-driven, incredibly intricate, important cinematics where most of the action is in the dialogue. It, you know, the, the, the three newest cinematics has no action. It's literally Legion, just dialogue. Legion was actually one of the first, uh, they had one of the first cinematics that I felt kind of like emotionally connected to when it came to World mm -hmm. of Warcraft, and it was the death of Varian. Like, I thought it was friggin' awesome. And it really it, was, yeah. it really also drove the point home of, like, Alliance versus Horde, because me as an Alliance player, I was like, dude, the Horde betrayed us, dude. They friggin' left. They ditched. Like, what the yeah. hell? A bunch of cowards, dude, right? And Varian, like, died so that everybody could, could get away. And, you know, I thought that mm -hmm. cinematic was actually amazing. Like that one Legion cinematic, I think might have been the most meaningful cinematic in most of WoW for me. I mean, obviously there's also Wrathgate, which I think was meaningful yeah. for everybody. Wrathgate was awesome, oh, yeah. but yeah, the the Varian cinematic I thought was very special. But you see, even the Varian one is more a world building cinematic because it gives you an idea of yeah. what the future of World of Warcraft is going to look like. Varian is gone. You almost know that there's going to be turmoil within the Alliance, but you also see the Horde side of that, and there's a lot of turmoil very quickly now on the Horde side. So it gives you a narrative for what the world is going to look like. Uh, so it is still a world-building cinematic in and of itself. Uh, the best example I have of this is if you compare Old Soldier to Mr. Pandaria cinematic, right? Mr. Pandaria cinematic has the orc and the human fighting. Yeah. You have the panda in the middle, sort of showing that the pandas are going to be affected by this fighting between the Horde and the Alliance. And then you have a, a, a final cut where it just sort of shows you the world as it opens up and it's beautiful and it's, you know, peaceful and everything, everything that you would want a tranquil life to, to consist of. That's it. That's the cinematic. The Dragonflight cinematic, coincidentally is exactly that. There's little to no dialogue. It's literally just building the world. It's just telling you, hey, here you go. This is the world that you're going to be playing in for the next two years. We're not going to tell you anything about the world, but this is what it's going to look like. Um, whereas you look at these three cinematics from 9 to 5, and they are incredibly dialogue-driven with one big issue. Now, I do have a way that I'm building up to this, guys. I'm not just sort of giving you <laughs> Blizzard is changing. It's clear to me that Blizzard have recognized that Final Fantasy is working a hell of a lot better than WoW. Um, people are a lot more excited for Final Fantasy. People are a lot more happy in Final Fantasy. And I think Blizzard are taking the, the wrong lessons from Final Fantasy insofar as Blizzard is also trying to become a 
dialogue-driven game. The only difference is, of course, uh, they have to present their dialogue in cinematics. The issue with those cinematics and, and the best way I can... Now, obviously, this is if I am correct. If I'm correct, but there is a marked difference between the cinematics from Legion and onwards and all cinematics prior. Prior to Legion, cinematics did not try to dialogue themselves to death. They couldn't give two fucks. Those cinematics were mostly about the world. Even Wrathgate, while it had a lot of talking, it the talking was only to explain the incredible power of the Lich King. Th that was it. It was basically the Lich King making a monologue, and then it was the Forsaken making a monologue. So it set up the world. That's it. Um, now, my issue with it, uh, before I even go, Ray, can you? You're so excited you about me? this topic, dude. I can tell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I want to know from you first. Have you noticed the same trend, or do you think you see something different? No, I, I, I definitely feel like in the past couple of expansions, they have been going more towards the the whole dialogue thing, and you can yep. kind of tell with some of the stuff that took place in BFA, where there's like extremely heavy dialogue cutscenes with Jaina and uh, the people of Kul Tiris and all of that. And I remember when I did that, I was like, oh, this is interesting. It's a little bit different than what I'm used to, but it is interesting. Yeah. But, you know, ultimately what drove me away from BFA wasn't even necessarily the story. It was more so the system. So whatever. Yeah. But yeah, I, I definitely feel the same that they tried doing that. But I was under the impression that for Dragonflight, they might potentially be focusing more on the world. But again, I don't know what these cinematics uh, are doing for 925, so... Yeah. So I can I can already tell you, uh, Blizzard made a move about six, seven, eight months ago. Terran Gregory moved from the head of the Blizzard Cinematic Department to forming a new department called the World of Warcraft Cinematic Department. So WoW is the only game in Blizzard that has its own cinematic department, which signals to me that they want to have a lot more cinematics in the game. Like a lot more. So they basically, and the only thing I can think of is they want to turn WoW into Final Fantasy. Because Final Fantasy is cinematic after, it's literally a cinematic simulator. You run from quest to quest and you get cinematic after cinematic after cinematic. Of course, their cinematics isn't, action so people don't always think of it as cinematics but click escape on those dialogue and it asks do you, you wish to, uh, to exit the cutscene right because it is a cutscene you're watching a cutscene uh, the cutscene is just dialogue which is great because that's what we love about the game do you believe that could work in world of warcraft not with its current player base, I don't think, because most of the current player base, I feel like they, the way in which they play World of Warcraft, like a majority of the players, they just burn through quests. Like we talked about this, a yeah. lot of them even use like Zygor or other quest guides to just like expedite their questing process, which is why people were telling me when I played through Shadowlands, there was a lot of people, I, I made like a video criticizing the quest, the leveling experience and people were like, what are you talking about? This is the best leveling experience we had in years. I was like, wow, if this is the best leveling experience we had in years, your standards are quite low. The leveling in Shadowlands in terms of like what is told to you from a story perspective 
and uh, the stuff that you experience from the different covenants and whatnot. I thought it was yeah. terrible, and it was told out of order, at least for the um, Bastion Covenant. It was told out of order with the whole... I've talked about this before Davos switching to evil and there's no cutscene explaining why Davos is suddenly evil. And then two weeks yeah. down the line, you, if you're a bastion member, you see the cinematic of her becoming evil. There's like, all this stuff is like out of order, even like, what are you doing yep. with your lives? So yeah, yeah, I, I thought that was terrible. And the fact that a, a big, portion of people told me no it was great it was freaking amazing tells me that nobody's really paying that much attention to it to begin with which doesn't really make a whole lot of sense if they want to double down on that stuff now having said that i think there is a way in which they could make it work and that Uh is like say you go through a zone and then at Uh the end of each zone right you experience the the questing of that zone and it can't be too complicated i feel like the story needs to be simple and they I don't think they're going to be able to pull off something like the the nuances that you get in 14 because it requires yep. a lot of stuff hap- actually happening in engine. And that is technology that World of Warcraft currently does not have to the best of my understanding. But yeah. I kind of see that if you go through a zone and then at the end of a zone, for starters, I don't think that the dungeon should be optional, but that's neither here nor there. But, but at the end of the zone, yeah. you do the dungeon and you do the dungeon after the dungeon, you'd get like a proper cinematic cutscene from this department that you're talking about, and then they will give you like a story dump. I feel like that could work, as in like, yeah. instead of having every moment as a cinematic or a cutscene of two characters having a dialogue, you go through your traditional World of Warcraft experience, and then you get to the end, and there's like this one bigger cutscene that really exposes story and the stuff that is happening in that zone. That yeah. way I think it could work, but them trying to go full Final Fantasy fourteen is not going to work because that's just not the fan base that they've cultivated over the years. Yeah, I, I, I will use the following as, as a good example of this. The most hated part of Shadowlands for almost everyone, universally, and you can do this or know this simply by looking at the amount of people screaming for a skip option to it is the more intro quest line. Everyone hated it. I didn't but think it was that more, bad, but yeah, I've heard a lot of people say they hated it. The more intro quest line is dialogue narrative driven. Yep. It, it is massively like that is a Final Fantasy questing experience in World of Warcraft. Because a lot of the time you are just watching as things happen. Now, it's not perfect. Because in Final Fantasy XIV, you, the character, is very much involved in the story. In World of Warcraft, you're not that much involved. So you're more You're the often, champion. <laughs> yeah, you're the champion in name only, right? Until yeah. they send you to collect five bear asses, and then you're no longer the champion. You're just the fucking errand boy. But you are the champion whenever they address you. Uh, but if you look at sort of uh, like Jaina's whole monologue there, she's not really talking at you or she's not really talking to you. She's speaking at you. She's just speaking yeah. around you and you just have to listen to what the hell she has to say. Um, but it is what Blizzard is trying to do. They, they want to go more narrative. My reason for opposing this is uh, twofold. Number one, I don't think that even the player base that have left WoW for Final Fantasy would appreciate that in WoW. WoW has its own unique flavor of doing things. 
it would be like people starting to call for voiced quests in Elden Ring. It would destroy yeah. what Elden Ring is. If people started saying, wait, Elden Ring should be more like Witcher 3. It's kind of like, wait, but Elden <laughs> Ring isn't Witcher 3. Exactly. They, Witcher 3 is Witcher 3. Elden Ring isn't Witcher 3. Like, I heard people saying, oh, they wish Witcher 3's combat was was like Elden Ring's. And I'm like, dude, how long do you want the game to be? The story alone is, what, almost uh, 60 hours? You want to add the combat of Elden Ring to Witcher 3? So what? We're talking about a game that's going to take you four or 500 hours to finish because you get sent out to kill a boss you die 400 times to the fucking boss before you kill it, go back and then get a massive amount of cutscenes again just to get sent out to the next boss again. That's not really conducive. The two games can't marry each other, not in the way that you think they can, because they're focused on different things. They, they want to be different things. And you can't, like, this is the problem with WoW. Its player base have always accepted that the world is important and the world sort of is the story, right? The dialogue doesn't matter. The moment-to-moment -moment gameplay doesn't really matter. Uh, it, it is all about that overarching narratives, and then most of the story is put in the box. So I said last night um, to my mods, they should just go back to that. Just do the world, let the world be the story, and then put the whole fucking actual story in the box. And what no. my mods came up with, any? No, 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 the, no. That, the reason I, 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 I just, this, I just want to point out, I, I completely yeah. disagree with that. Like the story can't be in the books. Like it can't, it can't be like that anymore. The reason I said do that instead is at least then the story made sense. At least then. Uh, once you've read the book, Does you it knew though? what the story was. With the, with well, the Sylvanas nonsense and whatnot, I don't kind of feel like... Mm. So, remember, Blizzard have changed the way they tell the story since Legion. So, everything that's happened since Legion, all of that confusion is due to this, we want to tell the story in the game, right? I mean, they don't tell the story in the game because they're not committing. Blizzard kind of want to be like Final Fantasy, but they also still kind of want to be like the old WoW. So you get the sort of weird... Let me give you a great example of this. In the most recent Sylvanas Anduin cinematic, Anduin exclaims he kind of liked uh, the killing that he did for Zuval. He kind of liked it. Sylvanas just... Uh, I think Sylvanas responds with never confuse... Uh, choice with force or some shit like that it's like wait hold, hold, what the what the fuck if if dialogue is what you're going for the natural next question out of sylvanas's mouth is something to the effect of what yeah like that's literally the follow-up if someone came to you and they said oh yeah last night i was watching someone taking a shit in someone else's mouth and I kind of got aroused by it. <laughs> the next fucking shit. question out of your mouth is, excuse me? What the fuck do you mean? You don't just nah, go, I don't, well, you know. I wouldn't I right. wouldn't ask that because I don't kink shame, man. It's like, hey, man, you do you, whatever. <laughs> you would still probably, if it was your friend or something, you would probably still ask me. Yeah, like, mean? dude, are you crazy? Yeah. What's wrong like, with you? Maybe you wouldn't judge them, but you would be like, what do you mean? You're you know, crazy. Just, you want some, 
Like, give me some information here that just allows me to make some not, sense of the world. I'm not right? sure if I would want to probe any further into that specific topic, to be honest. It's like, but, I'm not sure I want to know more. <laughs> but I would want to know more about the killing. It's like, my friend came back to me and said, you know what, last night I killed somebody, and I kind of liked it. I'd be like, really? Tell me more. <laughs> exactly, right? Now, that'd we, be interesting. We, because that's what a natural dialogue looks like. Yeah. A, a natural dialogue is inquisitive. There are moments of inquiry that needs to happen. World of Warcraft's dialogue isn't really dialogue ever. It's monologue. It's expositional. Yes, exactly. It's all expo exposés. They literally, I have a bunch of shit that I want to say. You have a bunch of shit that you want to say. We're going to say our shit. And yeah. it, I'm not really going to react to the things that you say, unless, of course, insofar as my reaction allows me to say the thing that I wanted to say, right? Uh, it, it's a very weird way of conversing, and a lot of things get lost in translation here, because after that cinematic, there is a ton of questions that I have that I feel should have been answered in that cinematic, or at least should have been alluded to in the cinematic, to the point where Everyone, I'm sick and tired of walking out of World of Warcraft cinematics where it's clear they wanted to make a point and everyone walks away from it having a different fucking opinion on what the point was. Because at that point, what are you doing? You're wasting everyone's time. Either don't make a point with your cinematic so everyone can speculate on what the point actually was, or if you're going to make a point in the cinematic, fucking make a point. And let everyone know this is the point of the cinematic, right? So Blizzard hasn't gone, they haven't made their choice insofar as we want to be Final Fantasy, which would turn the Sylvanas Anduin cinematic from 2 minutes and 30 seconds into about 11, 12, 13, almost 15 minutes. So it will be a long cinematic because it's going to be a conversation. It's going to be talking and, and actually discussing as they go through it or go back to the world of warcraft cinematics i mean it stays at two minutes 33 but it's a lot more vague there's a lot more action there's a lot more showing rather than telling and at the end of it we all sit there and we speculated what this could possibly mean for the game and that's why i said last night just go back to the old way of doing things. Have the world be the world and put the story in the fucking books. Because at least, uh, you know, I wasn't confused about the story of Cataclysm. The I don't, books explained the story of Cataclysm perfectly. I don't, I don't want the story in the books anymore. Like, I feel like anything that goes to a book should add to the game and not remove mm -hmm the game because essentially as far as i'm concerned the books remove the story from the game because you need the books to understand the story yeah, and yeah. that is a problem like you can't have that in the video game as far as i'm concerned because it just needs to be told in the game they need to figure out a way to yeah, do it yeah. maybe simplify the story instead of like trying to you know play off some like 4d well, zuval's mm -hmm. been planning this all along it was just for the chess play instead of having that have something a little bit more simple like, hey, Zoval's yeah. just a bad guy. He's trying to do bad things, and we have to stop him. Otherwise, bad things are going to happen. Whatever, right? Just have it more yeah. simple like that and in a way that mm -hmm. people can understand it. And then in books, you can have more complex, more nuanced stories, but they yeah. need to be alternate stories that do not 
that aren't required for you to understand what the main plot of the expansion was. So just to be clear, in a perfect world, I don't want the story in the books. But if it leads to me actually being able to fucking understand what the story is, rather give it to me in the books if you can't figure out how to do it in the game. Because clearly you can't figure out how to do it in the game. And then one of my mods actually came up with the perfect solution. Why is Blizzard incapable of doing it in the game? Well, because they know that their player base wouldn't be okay with a 15-minute cutscene of two people just talking to each other. People will lose I'd, their fucking brains. I'd be fine shit. with it so long as, like I said, it, imagine if it was at the end of a zone, right? You just do yeah. a zone and at the very end of it, or maybe not even at the end because like, I, I can't remember exactly how many hours it is between each of the zones, but let's say maybe there's one cinematic in the middle of the zone that sets you up for the rest of the zone and then another cinematic at the end of the zone. I'd be fine with those being 15 minutes long. I don't care. And anybody see, who doesn't like it can skip is, though, it. Yeah, but the, the, the thing is, of course, if you're going to do that, you okay, first and foremost, you could make it skippable, which will take care of some of the problems there. Yeah. But at the same time, there's so many small stories that is important to the overall understanding of a story like World of Warcraft that you can't really do it in the middle and then at the end. So my mod came up with the perfect solution. You know, a couple of years ago in Legion, Blizzard came up with this new floating head thing, right? Where you run away and the floating head tells you stuff. Like the that, floating head would pop up. I kind of feel like I saw I saw that in Warlords, right? I'm trying to remember. I, no, I think I want to say Legion was the first time because I, I remember Illidan I remember, popping up and giving you a quest. I remember Cadgar's head following my ass around during the intro to Warlords, right? Was that not a thing? May have been. But anyway, I think matter. we can agree it yeah. wasn't prior to Warlords of Draenor. Like, this was never no, a I thing don't in WoW. So. Uh, and then Blizzard made a big deal. I I, I want to say, Legion, you could say Warlords, and both could be correct, I think. Yeah. Well, not both could be correct, but you could be right. Um, anyways, Blizzard made a, big, made a big deal of this. Well, why not utilize that to the best possible way? Let people pick up their quest, and then there's a choice. I want to get the story the way that it was meant to be, uh, meant to be get. So I'm going to stand there, I'm going to watch the dialogue between these characters happen. And it's going to take 10, 15 minutes, and that's fine. I'll just stand there. Or I fly off to go do the quest. And while I'm off flying to do the quest, the talking heads are having their dialogue on my screen. So while I'm killing these things, I am listening to these people talking and having their conversation. So the story is still given to me, while I'm doing other things. So I'm not slowing myself down, having to sit there and watch this fucking cinematic while, you know, I can't kill anything because they're having their discussion now before I get to go kill something. That way, you you don't need to have, like, a massive story dump at the end of the zone or in the middle and then at the end. You can have the story dump whilst people are actually capable of playing the game. I right? the, so, the the thing is I kind of feel like the type of person that would want to experience that story dump with the two talking heads while they're actually doing combat is probably the same person that's like sitting in discord with their friends and they're all just like chilling and not actually paying attention to it so I yeah. think a more elegant solution would just be a journal it's like you just have well, a journal I mean, and the story is told to you in the journal it's just like written there and if at any point yeah. it's like 
oh, I don't remember this part. There's just like a play button there. It's like, oh, here's mm-hmm. the cinematic that you skipped previously and you can watch it now if you want to. So it's like, if you want to rush yeah. through it, you can. Mm-hmm. You just have a journal that keeps tab on the major events of an expansion. And this would actually I like that be- idea as well. This would actually be something that they could implement uh, retroactively. So you, mm-hmm. they could like give you a journal of the events that happen in vanilla, the events that happen in the Burning Crusade, and someone who's actually really into the lore, because look, I even want to talk about this later because you know I've I've been thinking about WoW and returning players and stuff like that, right? But somebody who is maybe just like dropped in the middle of the the current expansion, they're going to be so confused because they're going to be rushed through Chromie time, which, you know, oh, which expansion do you want to play? It's basically like, here's a a theme park ride. Which theme park ride do you want to go on? You want to go on the big dragon, a cataclysm theme park ride? You want to go on the alternate reality in the future theme park ride of Warlords of Draenor? Which one of the theme park Mm -hmm. rides you want to go on? And then you get to level 58 and she's like, okay, I'm going to kick you out and you're going to go to the pirate uh, special ride now now and it's it's really weird and this way a player could look at a journal and just have like oh here's how things took took place anybody that cared Mm because i don't know if you know there's this guy i forget i forget his name but there's this guy who um went into world of warcraft he was a final fantasy 14 player and he went into world of warcraft to kind of like give it a chance and he goes in there and he's like, dude, I, I don't understand a damn thing that's happening. Dude, I, watched, I went through this chromey time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know what I'm yeah. talking about. So yeah. it's, it's like the new player experience is completely terrible. Like us veterans that have been through it, we know what each of the things are. But somebody yes. who's going through it fresh, it's it's almost impossible. And that's one of the things that World of Warcraft de- needs even more than having veterans return. Because I, I feel like... Having veteran players return to the game, I think, would be really cool. But I think yeah. what it needs even more is new blood, and not just new oh, blood yeah. that is like zoom, zoom, zoom. Let's go through the thing and get to the end game and do the raid. They need new blood that is actually interested in figuring out what is the story of this game, how do things begin, yeah. and the journal aspect of it would fix every single aspect of the storytelling in world of warcraft and and here's the thing while you're doing the journal you can even retcon the bits and bobs that you didn't like because now there will be like a goddamn record in there and there's like listen guys this is what officially happened and it's like i understand not everybody wants to deal with retcons but if it would mean having a solid foundation for moving forward this would be like a goddamn miracle but you see, I think I think you can have all of those things, right? I think you can have the 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 actual cinematic cutscene play for people that want to stand there and RP yeah. like real life watching these people discuss. You can have the talking heads for people who, you know, they want to continue killing and do the quest, but they also kind of yeah. want to get the story. And then you can have those people that click off both of them. I don't want the fucking talking heads. I couldn't give two fucks about the the cutscene. I just want to go, right? Go, 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 go. So I have my add-on set to skip everything, like just exit everything, but it's all recorded in the journal. So if I want to go back after I've leveled and go look at the journal and find all of those cutscenes still there in written form, but also with a play button. So it is written down what happened there, sort of a brief synopsis. And then there's a play button if you want to see the whole conversation as it took place. It's absolutely there for you. 
I think the journal is actually one of the greatest ideas I've ever heard in WoW, and I'm probably <laughs> going to borrow that Steal for a video. And run with it. Because, <laughs> because you can make the journal the reason for people wanting to go back and doing every single exactly. one of the expansions. Exactly. Exactly. Because go, go people ahead. want to fill out the journal, right? Exactly. You want the journal to be full. Wouldn't that so, be awesome? Exactly. You're going to go back and you're going to do every quest in vanilla, right? Not, not every, and- okay, not every quest, like every story relevant quest. Like you don't want, well, I would, oh yeah, let, let's go do the beer, bo- beer boasted boar ribs or whatever the hell it was yeah. for the, the well, dwarf quest. <laughs> I would argue that even those should have a journal entry for those that want it. So do that as an extra thing. So there's an achievement for filling up the whole journal with the entire story. Yeah. And then maybe a separate achievement for, for just actually 100%ing the entire journal. So yeah. you have done every single quest in World of Warcraft. You know the entire story and all of the side stories for every single thing in World of Warcraft as it per- pertains to the journal. Uh, I think it gives an amazing reason for people to actually go back I would have as part of that journal a, a kind of um, uh, compendium, if you will, where you, so for example, you have Anduin's picture there, and then it tells people Anduin is the king of Stormwind. Yeah. His father was Varian Rain, his mother, uh, you know, uh, his notable acts. Uh, then you have Jaina and, and, then and her it would, notable acts. it would fill up as you would learn more about the story. It would fill up additional exactly. information. Yeah, yeah. I, I think exactly. I think that would be awesome because, like, I've even been thinking about it from the perspective of, like, I've played multiple characters over the years, right? But my favorite character has always been my main war, dwarf warrior. And it's like, I don't remember everything that I've done in my dwarf warrior. And it's not like there's a record in the game of the stuff that I've done or the things that I've seen. I'm probably missing tons of stories because I would level up to max and then I would do raids because that's what you do back in the day. Right. And it would be good to have a, you know, a reason to go back and potentially even if at this, if at that point they could figure out a sinking system, that'd be awesome. So that I wouldn't go in there and like, Oh, I charge and I obliterated like 50 mobs. Oops. You know, like you just charge yeah, yeah. in whirlwind and you obliterate everything and there's nothing left in, in, oh, yeah. in vanilla content. And if you could just sink yourself down, then it'd be like, yeah. Oh, I, I actually can do a little bit of, you know, it's not, it's still not going to be like challenging or anything like you're fighting max level mobs, but yeah. It's still, you know, you get in there and you're like, oh, now I, I can at least do a couple, a little bit of my rotation, do a couple of mm-hmm. abilities before they just explode. And it still feels good. Like maybe increase yeah. your, your crit rate or something, but reduce your damage. So that, oh, it feels good. Look at all these crits popping up. It's great because I'm high level and whatnot. But yeah. Yeah. I would have, I would even have the raids. So when a raid opened up and when you cleared it for the first time, it's recorded yeah. in your journal. Yeah, it's your journal. It's your character's journal. They keep a journal, so you do it very similar to Red Dead Redemption's journal, right? Where Arthur would every single thing that happens yeah. would be written down in his journal, uh, and you can go back and you can read the journal of Arthur Morgan. Uh, so you do it similar to that, and then it also even tells you how many times you've run a specific uh, raid. So for those people that is hunting for Invincible, they can see that they have done 12,985 fucking runs of of ICC 
and the mount still has not dropped for them. You know, it's, it's actually Something surprising. It's actually surprising that that is not a thing in World of Warcraft because, like for instance, in Monster Hunter Rise, there's a, a feature that they've added, and I think that they've always kept track of these statistics throughout most of Monster Hunter games. But like in recent entries, like in World and Rise, there's just a feature called Hunter's Notes. And what happens is whenever you uh, kill a monster, it'll tell you how big it was because the monsters can vary in size, even the same monster. It'll tell you how many okay. times you killed it, how many times you captured it. Uh, I will tell you like after you killed it a certain amount of times, it'll tell you its weakness, like this monster's weak to fire. You might want to take a fire weapon. It'll tell you like additional information, like what does this monster drop in loot and whatnot. But they keep track yeah. of all of those things in a journal for essentially what is a game that is doesn't even have the longevity of something like world of warcraft and they have yeah. the foresight to look at something like a journal so i kind of feel like that is definitely overdoing well oh yeah i think it solves the issues that blizzard is currently having because it's clear story is becoming more and more more and more important to blizzard the only way so far blizzard have been successful in telling stories is in the olden days where the game wouldn't give you much story it does give you story but it gives you a very sort of bland, easily followable, very easy to conclude story. But then yeah. if you really want to dive into it, the books is where the That's where real the story, story takes is. place, yeah. right? And at least that worked. Now, to be fair, Blizzard have, World of Warcraft has never been a game that gives you all the answers. It's one of the reasons it's one of the most speculated games in the world. I mean, more people speculate about World of Warcraft than most other games, I feel, with the exception of probably something like Lord of the Rings and H.P. Lovecraft, where yeah. those universes are so large that there is just purely so much room for speculation that you can't help it. Uh, but in terms of this is what Blizzard have always been. This is what WoW has always been. Now, it seems like Blizzard wants to not be that anymore. They want to be more Final Fantasy, but their player base is limiting their ability to be Final Fantasy. So they're sort of coming up with this half-ass-to-both-sides yeah. approach, right? Where we're not fully dialogue-driven, but we are kind of dialogue-driven. The dialogue doesn't really drive because the dialogue isn't really given the ability to drive. But we're also no longer world-building because... But we are world-building, but we're not world-building <laughs> Because if we want to be world building, we can't be dialogue. Yeah, so it's sort of like a thing of choose a fucking side, Blizzard. Yeah. Do you want to be a world building game choose a lane. or do you want to be a dialogue driven game? Otherwise, you have to do what Final Fantasy does, right? Which is uh, both ARR and Stormblood, boring by most players' accounts, yeah. mainly because they were world building expansions. And then you have the great expansions that everyone in Final Fantasy love. Which is Heaven's expansion. Heaven's Ward and Shadowbringers, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have Heaven's Ward, you have Shadowbringers, you have Endwalker, which is extremely yeah. dialogue-driven, uh, microchasm stories, but that's what people really love. Stormblood ARR was the reason those stories could happen because they built the world for those stories to actually happen in. Uh, and Ace Blizzard wants to do that, in which case, sure, but then you have to accept the fact that you're going to uh, alienate gonna a, be, a big portion of your player base for sure. Exactly. In one way or the other. So one expansion is going to alienate all of the story guys because there's going to be more world building. The other side is going to alienate all of the world guys because, well, the story is the, the, is the main uh, attraction here. Yeah. Or you do what we just said there, which is make the cutscenes completely optional. 
uh, have the talking head for those that do want the story, but they also want to continue gracing as fast as possible. And then a journal system for those that just want to fucking power through. They, they don't give a fuck about any of this. They'll get it in the journal later. Um, I feel like that's a really good idea. So the my biggest concern about the whole Talking Heads journal and uh, cinematic would be mm-hmm. the development cost of all of those things. Because like, I kind of feel like you can't have all three of them without incurring massive... Because... I don't know, it's just, it's just a vibe that I get that you kind of would have to pick. Like, if you'd have to pick, which one would you choose? Like, let's say you could have two. You could have Talking Heads and Journal, or you can have uh, Cinematic and Journal, or you can have Cinematic and Talking Heads. Because let's say that, you know, obviously there's going to be a cost of development for all of these things. Which ones would you pick? I would definitely go for Talking Heads and Journal. I'd go Cinematic and Journal. See, the problem with cinematic is if I if World of Warcraft's player base was the Final Fantasy player base, I would probably go the same way. But because the World of Warcraft cinematic or World of Warcraft player base isn't big on in-game forced cutscenes, uh, and when I say forced, I don't mean things that you can't quit. It's just that you go into a cutscene and then you have to quit it. Most people just already have an add-on that that cancels it immediately i know because i have that add-on i turn it off for my first playthrough and then it goes on for every other playthrough yeah because as soon as i'm done reading all the quests i don't want to read it again i don't want to see it again so any cinematic that pops up is just insta cancelled um and i do this because it takes too fucking long i i know that the game starts at max level and that's where i want to get to as soon as possible um i feel like you're going to waste a lot of cinematics because a lot of the cinematics, the most, most, the majority of players aren't going to watch. So it's sort of like putting a lot of resources into, well, basically a, a bucket that is rarely going to be used. Whereas if it's a talking head, a lot of players I feel like would care about the story if the story was sort of delivered to them in an audiobook fashion, right? Which is what the talking heads would accomplish. Because it's kind of like listening to the audiobook while questing. Because you hear them speaking, and yeah, there's a talking head. You're on the corner of your screen, but you know, it doesn't really affect you because you're just out here killing stuff at the end of the day. You know, um, I I don't know. Like like I said, the the thing about it to me is that the way I, I just don't want to have them go back to the the whole thing about okay so people don't care about the story so we're not gonna focus too much on the story in game like i feel that should there should be a certain level of focus it should just be optional so it's like the the way that i look at the talking heads is i'm imagining myself going through like a quest right i'm doing a quest yeah and then it's like okay cinematic moment here's the two talking heads and I'm off killing stuff. I'm not going to be able to focus on the dialogue. I'd probably just end up sitting there listening to the two talking heads like I'm watching the yeah. cutscene. Because I actually do care about the story somewhat. Like, I, I actually read some of the quests in Shadowlands until I realized that it was friggin' pointless, most of them. Because it's just like, oh yeah. man, there's this thing, and then there's that thing. And then, and then suddenly, oh, by the way, here's Uther. And I'm like, wait, what? 
that came out of nowhere. What? Excuse me. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, I don't know. Uh, maybe I'm somewhat. Um, maybe now my my look on things might have been changed because I've played so much Final Fantasy 14 that I want to mm-hmm. give even more emphasis to the story, which is why I probably read as many quests as I did during Shadowlands, yeah. and then I eventually stopped mm-hmm. reading them again because it was pointless drivel. But um, yeah, yeah. I, I, it's just, again, I don't want World of Warcraft to be in, in a position where it's like, okay, every quest is major story and all of this stuff, but I want there to, mm-hmm. when there are cutscenes, they're significant. And if you think about it like yeah. that, would the player base, and this is actually something that you guys that are watching this on YouTube, you can leave us a comment or something. Is this something that, say, one of you guys that is more focused on the actual gameplay, would you care? Like, let's say, per zone, Two 15-minute cinematics. So that's about half an hour of cinematics per zone. Is that really a big deal? And it's like, those are the only moments where you really need to pay attention. Like, the quest is whatever. You don't have to read the quest text if you don't want to. As a matter of fact, at that point, Blizzard doesn't even have to focus as much at dropping, like, lore hints in the quest text because they know that, okay, at this point, big cinematic comes in, we do the lore dump, and we actually just, you know, produce a proper 15 minute cinematic or whatever time yeah. it happens to be. And then at the end of the zone, big dungeon, big confrontation, boom, boom. And another big cinematic to cap things yeah. off and send you off into the next zone. Like, I think that would be fine. And as a matter of fact, I think that'd be a massive improvement because that way you don't even have to think about the quest that you're doing. There's like, oh yeah, there's something random happening over here, whatever, get this, kill 10 kobolds, who cares? And there's like, ah, this is why we kill those 10 kobolds. It is explained. I think that yeah, would actually I make think, sense. I think anything will be a big improvement. On yeah, whatever the exactly. Blizzard is doing right now, right? <laughs> so anything will be an improvement on Blizzard right now. But I feel like the, the talking hate thing accomplishes both. Because if you just want to, because I'll be like you. I would sit there and I would watch the talking heads <laughs> yes, until they're exactly. finished. And then, but that's the nice thing about it is that you can, if that's what you want to do, you sit there and you watch the talking heads, but and if, then when you're done, you go do your quest. Whereas if it's a cinematic, it's a cinematic. So either you stay there and watch the whole cinematic, or you click it off and then you watch it later. But, but look, look uh, at it like but, this as well, right? You got the talking heads, and we're talking about potential duration of fifteen minutes uh, for the cinematic, right? So you're talking about fifteen minutes of talking heads. How many quests are going to be picking up while these talking heads are talking? So are oh, the no, talking no. heads going to uh, be talking, and I'm going to be picking up a quest? It would have to be like a scenario, right? No, what I'm what I'm referring to is instead of having something like a fifteen minute cutscene, it would be. Uh, excuse me it would be a more cutscene so more talking head scenes but shorter duration so let's say anywhere from three to five minutes see per talking head duration i i could not now i definitely disagree with you you want to know why why because that requires more attention from the players Instead of me having to focus to sit down for like 15 minutes, you're going to ask me, okay, so let's say you were saying about three minutes of of talking heads, right? So instead of me having one instance of having to focus for 15 minutes, I'm going to have five instances where I have to focus for three minutes at a time. Yeah. But remember, if you care about the story, it's not going to be a problem. So why do Final Fantasy players not care about exactly that because that's what final fantasy is right it's 
I go from one place to the next, then I get five to ten minutes of of, of quest cutscene, of dialogue cutscene. Then I finish that, get a new quest, go to the next place, and get five to ten minutes of in-game cutscene, uh, where it's dialogue. Why do Final Fantasy players not mind this? Well, because they actually care about the dialogue yeah. that is delivered. So for those who do care about the story, they're going to find it incredibly fun that there is some dialogue finally. And maybe you can even start including the player in this, where even while you're watching this talking head cutscene, they ask you a question and you have an answer that you have to give, you know? Similar to what you have in Final Fantasy, where the answer doesn't really matter. Yeah, it doesn't really matter. The, it's it's the, an expression. The answer yeah. is there. Yeah, yeah. The answer is there to include you in some way, shape, or form. But ultimately, it it it, it gives you a lot more involvement in the story. And you can see the story play out because there is dialogue happening. And yes, it is talking heads on your screen, so you can continue just questing. But at the end of the day, it's um, if you care about the story, you're going to care about it. If you don't care about the story, you're just going to click it off. You're just yeah. going to be like, fuck this talking. But, but I, I think I, I think we're this. talking in circles around that. So you guys in the comments, yeah. let us know which one you prefer, talking heads, actual cutscene uh, for 15 minutes. And how do you feel about the journal idea? Like the journal idea, I personally really like. I think that'd be. Yeah, I think awesome. we both love the journal idea. We just have a different opinion of how things are added to the yeah, journal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I would love to know what people think of that. Yeah, that, that'd be interesting. Now, I'm I'm curious about one thing. So, you haven't been playing World of Warcraft, and I haven't been playing World of Warcraft. You've been yeah. following it even closer than I have. I follow it every now and then, but the podcast is actually the perfect way of me keeping up with it because you're keeping up with it. <laughs> but yeah. uh, I'm I'm actually curious of what are your plans in terms of potentially returning? Because are you going to play Dragonflight? Yeah, yeah. I actually okay. I've been thinking of re-subbing for nine two five. Um just to give it just to give it a, a the old college try, you know? Yeah. Um just to see what it's like. Because a lot of people actually say that it's pretty good. And uh I see the opportunity to have some content there. Uh so I have been thinking of going back for nine two five because there are things that I love about WoW, you know? WoW has its own charm that Final Fantasy just does not have. Uh, Final Fantasy has its charms that WoW doesn't yeah. have. But if you want to talk about, and this is going to sound as if I'm criticizing World of Warcraft, and I really am not, but if you want something that is the perfect second monitor content where you can basically turn off your brain and just do things, WoW is the king of that. There is no game better than that. Because there's so much that you can just do to keep yourself busy, you know, dailies, uh, world quest grinds. Um, and if they're fun, they're really fun. And, it, it, you know, going around and killing rares and stuff like that. It's it's a fun gameplay loop that... It's why Final it's Fantasy it's one of the reasons... It's one of the reasons why World of Warcraft does much better in terms of streaming than Final Fantasy fourteen is a hundred percent because if you are watching a Final Fantasy fourteen stream, mm -hmm. the streamer has to be concentrated on the story. The yep. audience also has to be concentrated on the story, and you know there there's not as much room for interacting with people because like oh yeah let me interact with my chat and completely interrupt the flow of this cutscene that I'm voice acting right now, right? It's it's yeah. kind of hard 
it's a lot harder to stream Final Fantasy fourteen than World of Warcraft. Yeah. World of Warcraft is like, oh yeah, I'm just gonna go over here, do a couple of world quests, and we can all just shoot the shit while I'm doing that. And there are yeah. activities where you can do that in, in 14, like Eureka, Bosja. You can just go in there and start like murdering things and it's whatever. Uh, or you yeah. can go do your daily roulettes of trials and dungeons and whatnot. There are some things, but I feel like you need to focus more. And uh, yes. and wow, you don't have to focus nearly as much in order oh, to, yeah. to do stuff, which is why it's good second screen content, like you said. I think the other thing, and this is sort of something that wouldn't affect the viewers at all, but it is something that's important to the creators. Um, the Final Fantasy XIV, like as a game, it's one of the, I feel, worst games to try and build a community on. Because the majority <laughs> of the FF14 community care only until you're done with MSQ. As soon as you've done first reactions to the MSQ, most of those viewers leave to go watch someone else get their first reactions to the MSQ. Because that's all they're there for. They they want to see the reaction to the it's MSQ. Not, it's not just that, but there is a large portion of the community that is like that, yeah. Yeah. Whereas, because Final Fantasy is less about the personality of the streamer and more about the content, because it is such a good fucking game, right? Yeah. And in many ways, it is sort of the same reason why a lot of people watch Elden Ring players and why a lot of people still watch Dark Souls players, because they want to see people fail on those bosses because it's hard. And um, it's funny. It's funny to see the reactions as they fail. Will most of the players stick around at the end of that? That depends on your personality. That depends if on the personality, a, yeah. Yeah, if you have a brilliant personality, they may some may stick around, but a lot will leave to go watch the next first playthrough of Elden Ring, of Dark Souls. Whereas a game like World of Warcraft, because it is so much more boring... Um, <laughs> A lot of people watch. <laughs> I'm laughing, for but, the you're right. I'm laughing yeah. but you're right. I'm laughing, but you're because I mean, let's face it. Like, who the who the fuck is cares uh, about whatever gameplay Asmongold is showing when he's going for his fucking fifth fifth thousandth sword run? Like, nobody cares about exactly. him fucking butchering those Mogushan or whatever the fuck. Nobody no. cares. No, they're just they're there, there, to, they're just there to see him to see him fail at getting the sword for the fifth thousandth time. Yeah, I mean it's one of the reasons. Just that a lot of people get frustrated with me in my playthroughs of Final Fantasy fourteen, and I constantly have to make this point to some of my viewers because I do have viewers that come into every single stream being like, "Are, are you going to play Final Fantasy fourteen today?" And uh, yeah. whenever I go, "No," they go, "Oh, I'll be back tomorrow then," right? And I've, well, I say a lot. It's about three viewers uh, th that do that. And I've, I've had to say it multiple times now. Guys, I am not a gameplay streamer. It's yeah, not that's what I me. Do. I'm, I'm the gameplay streamer. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't gameplay at all. I just chat. It's where I do most, like, I would say 80% of my streams is just chatting streams. And about 20% is actual gameplay streams. Even when I'm playing Final Fantasy, We'll do like maybe one quest, then we'll talk for almost an hour about yeah. either the game or bullshit, and then we'll do another quest, and then we'll talk for about an hour about bullshit. 
that's what I do. I, I, I stream because of chat. I don't, like, if I want to play video games, I'll play them on my fucking own, right? It, it would be more fun for me to just sit there and play I the am, game and get immersed I, than I, I like, would be to stream it. I love sharing gameplay with people. Like, I, I, I love, I also like chatting as well. Like, I also do the chatting thing. But, like, I also love having gameplay. And if you have a game where you can do both, I kind of feel like that to me is ideal, which is one of the reasons yeah, why is. I like Monster Hunter as much because you just get to a point in that game where it's, for starters, it's never really about the story when it comes to Monster Hunter. It's about the gameplay. But you get to a point where you can kind of just like, okay, I'm grinding to craft this thing or grind and craft that thing. It's just like, yeah, I'm going to go kill, like, 10 of this monster. And you're just kind of, like, on autopilot and you can answer people's questions yeah. and whatnot. It's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, I think I think for me, uh, like I said, uh, main thing for me is just chatting. So, games that I really enjoy streaming uh, is almost always games uh, like um, recently played The Lost Spell a little on stream because there's no story really. It, it is. Just I don't even Tower know what Defense that game, game is. Oh, it's Tower Defense. Okay, it, it's it's Tower Defense, but it's not Tower Defense because your towers are actual champions. You have three champions, and you have to fend off these zombie monster things Dude, from attacking your base. Get, get your Arclight Rumble fix, man. It's like some. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I definitely, okay. definitely would fucking play that. But <laughs> it's a, it, you know, it's fun because you can basically take your time. Uh, you don't yeah. have to continuously play. It, it, it's a turn-based game, so yeah, whatever. Those, those right? are good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, in Final Fantasy, I turn Final Fantasy into a just chatting stream by not allowing the story to be the main focus. Yeah. Uh, the story is there, and we are experiencing it, but I'm there for chat. I'm there because I want to hang out with chat. Uh, whereas, but, but yeah, to, it, WoW to, and games like that is better at that. Yeah, World of Warcraft is, is definitely better second screen monitor, which makes... yeah. Perfect sense, which, like I said, that's why, you know, World of Warcraft is more successful when it comes to streaming. There's also the, the fact that it came first, but still, yeah. that that's not the only reason. I feel like even if it, if it came second, Final Fantasy is just not a good stream game. I think Final Fantasy has a much stronger YouTube following. Like, I think Final Fantasy does have a very strong YouTube following. Um but I, I don't think it has. Because if you look at Final Fantasy content creators, they get hundreds of thousands of views every single day on Final Fantasy. But it does not translate to the streams. The The biggest Final Fantasy streamers, if you exclude people like Preach and, and Asmongold and Zepla to some extent... You can't uh, exclude Zeppla around... if you're talking about the biggest Final Fantasy well, 14 I, content creators. I feel creators. like Zepla again is very personality based right people follow Z i follow zepla for her personality she's yeah. just a really funny girl to watch like a funny content creator to watch she has I'll her never, own way of doing things she's like the female asmongold almost. i'll never forgive zepla dude why is that she came to portugal and uh i didn't get to meet her i'll never forgive her for that Oh, <laughs> <laughs> now nah, she came to portugal when the ukraine situation uh flared up which was pretty yeah. messed up but yeah is she still there or no i think she's left she went to france i think something like that she's been hopping around. i thought i thought she was american just by the way she is american then what the hell is she doing in europe she she liked ukraine <laughs> 
Like that's it. Wow. That's that's the story. She liked Ukraine, so she went to live in Ukraine. She could just fly back to America, though. Although she could, I, but I she doesn't. It's it's not her home. That's the thing. You know, her home well, is Ukraine. She still looks at it like that. But right, either well, way, that's that's like uh, to each their own. You yeah. know. Um, but uh, I, I just I just thought like I genuinely <laughs> thought she was American, and then and she is. she she acted as if she is actually European because she kept looking for places to move to in Europe. And I was oh, sort yeah. of like, because if she was American, she would just fly back home. You know? She ca- she can just fly back home. She doesn't want to. That's the thing. She w- her home More power is to her. her home is in um, Ukraine. Ukraine. Which is yeah. Getting, I mean, more yeah. power, more power to her. You know, uh, it is what it is. I just, I, I was confused by it. By it, but um, outside of Preach, Zepla, and Asmongold, the average Final Fantasy successful streamer will have between a thousand and thousand five hundred viewers. That's it. That, that's it. You compare that to World of Warcraft. I at think. Its peak, I think you're exaggerating it, there. Well, I guess no. I, I still think you're exaggerating. I. I think it's significantly lower than that. So the reason I said average successful streamer is because there's about, so I can say this because I am usually in that portion. Um, I'm almost every single time I play Final Fantasy, I'm in the top three rows of the Final Fantasy category, right? Every single time. And the only people that is above me are people with a thousand viewers. I have about 200, 250 viewers every single time. There's such a large drop. It goes from 1,000, 1,000, 1,000, 1,000, 1,000, like the first row and a half, and then massive drop down to like 300, and then 200, and then from 200, again, massive drop to like 50. Yeah. Right? So there is a handful of successful Final Fantasy streamers of which Pint is, is one, and even Pint doesn't get 10,000, 20,000, 30,000 viewers. Um, the vast majority is on that sort of 1,000, maybe 1,500 viewership. Even Pyromancer, you know, went from having 9,000 viewers on average in his stream. He's now getting maybe, like, every single time I see him stream, it's about 700, 800 viewers. Yeah. Right? That, that's in his stream still. So it is sort of like this, and it's not something I think he did. I know a lot of people want to blame him for losing a bunch of his viewers. I don't even think that's the case. I think it is just Final Fantasy viewers care very much about the MSQ, but once you're done with the MSQ, you have to do something very special to keep those people yeah. that, that have come for the MSQ. Otherwise, they're going to leave and go watch someone else do the first-time playthrough. Because that's actually why they joined. But, and I have a couple that I converted, but, that's the but a thing. lot I didn't. <clears throat> that's the thing about Sorry. 14. 14 is a very seasonal game, which I actually think it's it's healthy in a lot of ways. It's a very seasonal yeah. game. It's like, oh, there's new content. Let's check out what the new content is, and then let's take a break. It's 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 a good yeah. and healthy thing, as opposed oh, to yeah. trying to keep players like hooked nonstop. Like... Uh, I absolutely this, agree with you. That. This other game that I'm currently playing that is trying to keep players hooked oh, on yeah. it nonstop. We, we actually have to play. We have to talk about that. That's like a very <laughs> oh, important fucking game. God, to talk about. dude. Oh my god, it is so <laughs> incredibly disgusting 
and I'm putting myself through this. A lot of people even ask me, Rurikon, why are you playing this game? And again, I have a, a banner on top. Don't spend money on this. And people ask me, why, why are you still playing it? And I'm just like, it's because I need to know how bad it is before I do my criticism on it. Because there's a lot of people criticizing Diablo Immortal right now. These are people that have played for like one or two hours. They'll shit all over the game. And it's like I'm shitting all over it. I have not even done a second. <laughs> that's 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 good. Yeah, it's like it's not like it doesn't deserve it. But you know, there's yeah. going to be people that will be playing the game and will be having fun, and they'll be like, "Oh, come on, did you play like two hours or something?" Right? And that's it. Yeah. And they're they're not going to take the opinion seriously. So whenever I put out my next Diablo video, I don't know how many hours I have into the game. I'm currently level fifty two or fifty three or something like that. I haven't yeah. spent a dime. So it's like the full free-to-play experience, and I'm not going to spend a dime because it's yeah. bullshit. And uh, yeah. yeah, that's the reason why I'm putting myself through it. I'm putting myself through it so that other people don't have to put themselves through it. And one of the things that I will say is that I hear a lot of people say like, oh, it's a shame because there's actually a really good Diablo game in there. And here's what I got to say to that. No, there's not. The fuck are you talking about? There's a good Diablo game in there. There's Diablo. There's Diablo Three Light. That's what that thing is. Yeah. It's Diablo Three Light. Not even. It's. It's. Uh, I think Diablo Three Light could actually be better than that. Like it's nothing special. Yeah. Like I'm playing the Crusader, and my mm -hmm. gameplay experience is I spam four buttons and I left click. That's it. Yeah. That's the whole gameplay. And people are like talking about like, oh man, Diablo Immortal gameplay is actually really good. It's a shame that there's all this monetization. It's like, no, it's actually not that great. Like you remember in the last podcast, I say, you know, I'd actually pay some money for this game if they were doing a yeah. proper business model. Like I'd buy the game. It's like, now that I've played more of it, no, I fucking wouldn't. It's a terrible video game. Like, I'm sorry, dude. Like, I, I'm, I know I'm going to burst a lot of bubbles. There's going to be a lot of people going to be upset. But like, there's nothing innovative in this game at all. There's yeah. nothing here that Diablo 3 hasn't done better. Nothing. Yeah. I would Jesus say, Christ. So for those of you that don't, I, I, I refuse to play it just because yeah. I have a, a straight up ban on all things mobile on my, it's very wise. Like, in my life. I refuse to play mobile games. And before you go, oh, but it's on PC too. It's a straight up port for mobile. Yeah. Let, let me, let me tell you about that. Uh, it is so bad that it's mm -hmm. like for starters, I think that the best experience Excuse me. I think the best experience is probably going to be if you're able to get a controller set up to work yeah. on it. And I say this because my controller setup does not work. I don't know why. I've heard from a lot of people like, oh, no, my controller works fine. Blah, blah, blah. The way that I do control setup, by the way, is I have an 8-bit dough and I connect the DualShock 4 to it. Does not work. Has massive input lag. And before people say, oh, that's a rinky-dinky 8-bit dough DualShock 4, this is how I play. This is how I actually... This is how I raid Savage Final Fantasy XIV is with this 8-bit Doe Dual, Dual Shock 4, okay? This is how ah. I play Monster Hunter Rise on the hardest <laughs> monsters is with this setup, and it works fine. Yeah. Does not work for Diablo Immortal for some reason. Has massive input lag, literally unplayable. So I have to use mouse and keyboard. And here's the thing about mouse and keyboard. Because like this is a mobile game, it is mm. terrible. 
Like, Matt, I don't know how people even play this and they're telling me, oh, it's a fantastic Diablo experience. What the fuck are you talking? I can barely dodge shit that, you know, that is telegraphed on screen because, like, I'm left clicking and I'm clicking monsters. Then I have to right click. Then I get body blocked and then shit just explodes in my face. Not that it matters because, like, I can just sit in every AoE the game throws at me and not die anyway. So who gives a fuck? Because this is developed for mobile. So it doesn't take any fucking skill to play to begin with. So it's whatever but like seriously it is not that great of an experience as everybody is making it out to be because i've seen so many people just be like oh my god there's actually a really good diablo game in here and i'm like what are you talking about no there isn't no there isn't i think the reason people are saying there's actually a good mobile or diablo experience in there is it makes the criticisms of the cash shop more legitimate um, because you are effectively saying you could have been so good if you didn't have all this monetization, which uh, I, I'll be honest, I watched some gameplay. I watched Asmongold play it, and there was nothing in me that, that got drawn to this at all, and this comes from someone that loves Diablo. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm a huge Diablo fan. I'm not a fan of the Greater Rift system at the end, but for the questing and stuff like that, I think Diablo has always been really cool. It's an, It's a nice story to go through. Uh, I don't like the sort of cartoony uh, light view of Diablo. Diablo is supposed to be an incredibly dark, fucked up universe, and it doesn't look dark and fucked up to me. I don't necessarily subscribe to that too much, because like, if you look, for instance, at Diablo 2 when you're in Act 2, it's a very colorful game. Act 2 in yeah. Diablo 2 is extremely colorful. There's a contrast and a vibrancy of colors. Because, like, one of the things, yeah. that, one of the few things that I actually do like about Immortal is the art. The art of Diablo. Because I like mm-hmm. the art of Diablo 3. I like the art of Diablo 2. I like the art of Diablo 1. I like all of the Diablo arts. I understand that not everybody's going to like them. People like them. There's a lot of people like them more dark and gritty. But I yeah. like all of the art styles that they've shown on that game so far. And in Diablo Immortal, I think the art the animation and the voice acting are really, really good. Those are things in which they really excel. Animations are good. The art is good. All of that. But like the actual gameplay of it. No, it's, it's, it ain't, it ain't it. This ain't it. So the reason I say it's supposed to be a dark game, is very similar to Elden Ring. Elden Ring is supposed to be a dark game. I've seen footage. Like I've seen screenshots in Elden Ring that, it's beautiful. It, the The landscape is absolutely breathtaking. Yeah. But it's still a dark game. The themes of that game, the monsters, the things that you deal with, the storylines, quote unquote, that you deal with is dark, gritty, and, and almost depressing to some extent, right? But a fun depression, not like the kind of blow your brains out <laughs> a depression, like more of fun depression. A fun yeah, depression. yeah, you know, like that, that that fun moment of I can't really get out of bed, but I have to. <laughs> oh, no. um, <laughs> you know, sort of sort of something like that. Whereas Diablo 2 still hit that. Diablo 1, in my opinion, hit that out of the park. Diablo 2 still hit those really dark storylines, dark gameplay, blood gore everything you know and and the blood and the gore really sold itself and then you go to diablo 3 and suddenly it is this more gore light you know it's almost as if it wanted to go from being a peggy 16 to a peggy 13 right it wanted to be more like parental guidance is advised sort of game you know rather than being 
well, fuck that. That's not what we're here for. Um, so that's my problem with Diablo Immortal as well. Just looking at the graphics, it doesn't sell me on this Dark Wanderer uh, going through the world and trying to set right the things that is going wrong. I, I think from a gameplay perspective, it it doesn't... The reason I don't like the gameplay is um, they promised that this is going to be an experience unlike anything mobile has ever seen. And I know for a fact that's not true. There's plenty of mobile ARPGs that have exactly the same gameplay (laughs) and experience. I wouldn't Uh, know because I I don't see any of the... It's like, to me, look, I'm judging it as uh, a game that I can play on my computer. I know a lot of people are going to be like, but Rurikon, it's a mobile game. And it's like, well, look, you can't have it both ways. A lot of people are saying, oh, yeah, but it's also on PC, so it's a PC game. Then you have a lot of people, well, yeah, but it's a mobile game. And it's like, look, make up your minds, okay? It's like you can either criticize it it as one thing or the other. But it's like, to me, I just don't think it's particularly innovative to spam four buttons no. and left click. You know, you can't no, even I, I attack in place, which is the worst part about it. You can't like, you know how in Diablo you can hold shift to attack in place. You can't do that. Wait, you can't do that? No, that's why it's so awkward. A lot of times you're trying to click on a monster and you click somewhere just a little bit away from the monster. And by the way, could they have made the cursor any fucking smaller? Like there's this tiny little cursor that has the same oh colors God. as everything else that's on screen. Like, dude, I, maybe I'm just too I old. Would not be- I lose the cursor all the time. Like yesterday I was streaming this. And I was streaming yeah. this on a three monitor setup, and I constantly kept clicking off the fucking game window. It's just like, Jesus. oh god, please! Dude, I, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be able to play that because in Diablo, uh, my cost in place is also my cost. So my character will move with both mouse buttons until I press uh, spacebar, which is my cost in place button. Because yeah. my key binds are set up that my fire is space plus, right? So mm-hmm. space bar plus my mouse buttons will be my fire buttons. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mainly because I don't want the the whole, you have to like click on the target. When I'm oh, dodging, I don't click. then want to pull back and fucking yeah. be like, okay, you have the, the to target, target now target. run again. It's bullshit that. So I yeah. wouldn't even play that because it would annoy the living fuck out of me. It, it annoys the living fuck out of me as well. It's, and and I've had I've oh had I've had a couple of bugs, nothing too terrible, but like yeah. an interesting thing is that um, you know how everybody's talking about okay, so the game's got two uh, season passes, so you have like the the free track of the season pass, you have the paid yep. track of the season pass, you have the collector's track of the season pass, and then you have yep. the what's it called bounty of plenty or boon of plenty whatever the hell it's called which is subscription a subscription type of thing right now yes it is what do you mean apparently they removed it because it was too um uh (laughs) i think they removed it yesterday or the day before because people were so angry about the boon of plenty (laughs) oh dude blizzard removed it revising it now people are gonna love what i'll say next you know there's a fourth one What's the fourth one? It unlocks at like level 45 of something. It's called the Path of Prodigy. It's basically just another battle pass, except it's based around your character Jesus. level. Dude, and it's got it's fuck? got a free track and a paid track, and it costs 20 euros. 
Jesus, dude. This it's game another just... one. <laughs> but wait, wait, because there's more. There's another system that I've barely heard people talk about, right? So, mm-hmm. yeah, yesterday I was playing the game and uh, I was actually telling people that um, because I hit one of the walls, because the game has a couple of experience walls to kind of like keep you grinding, right? I hit one of the walls yeah. and I was theorizing with people. I was telling them, look, in the next 30 minutes, guaranteed. I'm going to get a legendary item. Why? Because whenever you hit one of those walls, they're going to psychologically manipulate you by providing you with a legendary item. And this actually holds true to all of the legendary items that I've gotten because I've gotten a legendary item close to level 35, which is when you hit the first experience wall. I got another legendary item when I was close to level 40, which is when you hit the second experience wall. At least it was the second. I don't know if there's like more experience walls in between, but And now I was at the level 51 because there's an experience wall at level. You need to get to level 51. And I was like level 47. And I told my chat, listen, I guarantee you guys in the next 30 minutes, we're going to get a legendary item. So I do a couple of rifts. Boom. Legendary item drops. Now, this is not just a regular legendary item. This is a special legendary item. This is this purple Uh little uh, gem looking thing. That stays on yeah. the screen. And I click on that and I'm like, what the fuck is this? And it tells me like it's the name of the item itself. But basically that item unlocks some a quest line where you go talk to this dude and he's a spirit and he takes you to a secret section in the city. You go underground and in there, mm-hmm. there's like this whole different progression system in the game, yeah. which you can slot this like a gem on a talent tree almost. And then you can upgrade this by getting a few gems that you collect by there, there's like a, a zone where this thing is uh-huh. and you go through the zone and you pick up a couple of keys from these monsters that you kill and then you get to the end of the zone and there's a bunch yeah. of fucking chests so you open some of these chests with keys but naturally you're not going to have keys to open all of the chests so when you get yeah. to the chest that you don't have keys for they're like well you could open this chest if you want to put some platinum on it oh my god <laughs> Now, platinum is the secondary uh, premium currency, so you can get some by playing free-to-play, but not a whole lot. So I open one of those chests, a bunch of more gems come out, and these are the gems that you use to upgrade this skill tree where I slotted in this purple thing, and that greatly increases your power. So here's the thing. I was listening to a video this morning. Uh, because I wasn't super sure about how the system worked. Like, I know that you can go through the place, I think, once every day or something. They give you a couple uh-huh. of quests. You can also buy quests with this currency that you get for doing achievements and activities in the game. Uh, and then you open up all these chests. You get the the gems to upgrade the system to gain more and more power. And what the guy told me, what the guy was saying in the video was basically like, oh, yeah, so you can open these chests with platinum. And then after you open all of the chests, another door opens up and you can go into another room with more of these chests where you can spend more platinum to drop more gems to upgrade even more. So it's not just enough that they have pay to win on legendary gems. They have pay to win on all these other things. On top of it, they have pay to win on this secondary progression system that gives you passive bonuses. And I'm just like, dude, what the fuck? Dude, Dude, it feels like they have basically added every single possible way of paying in the game, in any mobile game ever, 
Diablo Immortal is a collection of yeah. all, uh, like literally all payments, and methods. and then some, and 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 it, it gets worse because like so there's a, a system in game that lets you do raids, which include like up to eight players, I think. Yeah. Uh, and the first time that I unlocked my raid, I was like, okay, so there's a raid thing here, and I go to the raid, and it says, okay, you need, uh, what would they call it? A Attack, not attack power rating something rating like right your your power level almost which is different yeah. from your resonance level because there's also a resonance level that determines how powerful you are but there's another one that's like your power rating and so okay. you needed 420 power rating and i had about 300 and i was like what <laughs> okay. i just unlocked this raid and i can't do it Okay, that's fair. So they they mm-hmm. level they level block you along the way. They give you a bunch of XP yeah. walls. Like uh, a friend of mine gave up on the first like XP wall because like I'm not gonna grind this shit. This is bullshit. Uh, so there's at yeah. least three that I found so far. Then there's the raid wall that they hit you with, and at that point, like they're just like, oh, you know, you have the battle pass. And the battle pass, you can increase your rating because we're gonna give you power. We're gonna give you more XP. We're gonna give you all these things. And I was like, yep. dude, fuck off! <laughs> like, what the fuck? You know what? You know what pisses me off about this? If you so we're looking at the system, and we're we're obviously if you're listening to everything that Rude is saying here. Um, you find yourself very quickly being blown away and almost overwhelmed by the amount of bullshit, right? The amount of pay-to-win and walls and stuff. Now, think about it in reverse. Every single one of these things had to be carefully implemented at very careful times, at very careful moments to ensure maximum purchasability. Oh, yeah. Which means that the vast majority of time that went into developing this game did not go into developing the game. It went into developing the monetization system of the game. I have a theory. I I have a theory that um, the team that worked on Reaper of Souls, they were working on a second expansion. And I believe that in Jason Schreier article, it actually said that they were pretty far, far off on that expansion. Before Blizzard canned it because they were like, we don't know how to monetize this because, you know, obviously they wanted to monetize the fuck out of it. My theory is that a huge portion of Diablo Immortal is essentially that the content that they had planned for that uh, expansion of Diablo 3. Because, I mean, you look at it and there's there's even some tile sets that are essentially the same tile sets as Diablo 3. They're just zoomed in more because it's a mobile game, right? It's just zoomed yeah. in and not as zoomed out as you'd be in Diablo 3. So my theory yeah. is even that I would say about 80% of the game was already done. And most of the development was actually spent on all of these bullshit little systems and consulting yep. with psychologists to see just how far you could reach into uh-huh. the human psyche to fuck with people. Because here's another thing oh, yeah. that I don't know if you know, but like your reward for beating a dungeon for the first time is you get to do an exclusive microtransaction. So like when you first start playing the game, they tell you, oh, this is the starter pack or something like that, which you can pay, which is just 99 cents. And they call that the 800% value. Then you do your first dungeon, which is like, uh, you know, you go kill Leoric because you always have to kill Leoric. And you kill Leoric 
And after you're done with that, there's a little notification pops up. You go, you click the notification. It's like, oh man, you finished this dungeon. By the way, you can now buy the one-time purchase of this loot box that includes these items. It only costs 99 cents. And this is 570% value or whatever. And then after you do the next dungeon, it's the same thing, but this time it costs two euros. And then you do the next dungeon and it's the same thing, but this time it costs five euros. And again, seven euros. And again, 10 euros. I'm not joking. This is literally how it is in the game. If you go to the in, if I were to open up my in-game shop right now, all of those things are there and I can purchase all of them one time only because these yeah. are limited because oh i've done these dungeons so therefore i can buy these things and there's valuable yeah. items there like for instance those legendary crests that you need in order to get mm-hmm. the legendary gems they have those inside those those boxes yeah they also have like legendary gear and a bunch of other bullshit mm-hmm. so yeah actually no i don't think they have legendary gear because you remember how why chang made a post i think you even made a video about this why chang made a post where he talked about how you cannot get legendary gear through money in Diablo Immortal. And then yeah. he, he had to clarify, well, what I meant was, uh, it's the gear itself, like the boots, the gloves, but the legendary, ge- well, legendary gems, they're not really gear now. <laughs> yeah, it's but like, they are gear, because of all of your power comes from them. Of course, dude, um, it's so ridiculous. Dude, they, okay, so I made a video on Wyatt Chang's lies in, in this, uh, like, yeah. he lied straight up. Four months ago, Wyatt Chang said there is no way to upgrade or increase the power level of your gear through real money. That's no a way. lie. He That's said it in a post. A you see, the problem is it's not a lie. It's wordplay because he is technically correct. You can't spend $5 and then upgrade your gear. You can spend $5 and buy legendary crests, which will then increase your gear but it's not straightforward, right? It's not like $5 and your gear goes up 100 item levels. It's $5 because legendary you play, grace. Than because then. you play the, the loot box, because essentially what happens is in this game, you don't yeah. just buy a loot box. You buy the thing that triggers a loot box, but then you still have to play it. Now, it's just a formality because yeah. Elder Rifts are fucking piss easy. Like, there's nothing challenging mm-hmm. about, about them at all. You go in there, you destroy them, They can't and it's be whatever. challenging, right? Yeah, because it's a loot they box. They can't be. Yeah. They, yeah. They, they, you, you can't make it... You, you, you already paid for it. Yeah, you already paid for it. Therefore, you're exactly. expected to get the reward. So you just go in there, you kill a bunch of monsters, you get your reward pretty much for free. Yeah. If, if, if it was difficult to do and there was a way to fail... Blizzard yeah. would be in lawsuits up to their fucking eyeballs, right? Because I purchased something and you didn't give it to me, uh, which is even worse than just loot box straight out of the gate. The issue that I have with this is they spent so much of potential development time just trying to get the monetization right to make yeah. sure that they can milk you for as much as possible. And uh, I was... While while I was watching the videos on people actually diving into this, uh, I was reminded of, um, this is not so popular nowadays anymore, but it was popular about a year and a half, two years ago, very popular. A lot of these uh, sort of podcasters would do the free everyone can watch version, and then they would have the sort of half an hour to an hour afterwards that would be for supporters only. Yeah, the after show that would be supporters only, right? And that's I what we need to watching, do, dude. 
We need to do the. <laughs> <laughs> but the reason I hated that always was the free version is sort of filled with basically just talking about the topics that will be discussed in detail in the paid version. Stick around for so the after show, guys. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So you're not really getting a podcast uh, in the first hour or two of the of the show. You're getting a sort of pre-show a to teaser. the actual show yeah. that will happen uh, afterwards. And I've always despised that. It's one of the reasons my own Patreon and stuff is set up in such a way that if you don't have the money to support me, you're not missing out on much if you don't, right? My my own thing is literally me three or four times a week sitting down, having a coffee with patrons on live stream and drinking uh, and writing scripts and stuff like that, right? That's it. That's what I do. So it's sort of like a behind the scenes look at the videos that I make, but I don't have exclusive videos uh, on Patreon because I don't like that idea. I don't like the idea of saying, because once I do exclusive videos on Patreon, what ends up happening is I now have to decide which videos do I, do I make Patreon only and which videos do I get for free. And the natural inclination is to make the best videos supporter only. Of course. Right? Because you want more people to support you. So that means you're actively making your normal content worse to make your paid-for content it's like, better. It's like the old, uh, oh, it's pay-for-convenience argument. You're paying for convenience. No, you're paying to give them a reason to inconvenience you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pretty much, right? I did actually have someone someone replied uh, with an interesting comment. I want to see... Um, to Diablo Immortal? To your Diablo Immortal video? Oh, I can't wait. No, 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 no. no. To, okay. to, your, to our podcast, the last podcast we did. I'm just trying to find the comment there. Because, um, uh, yeah, someone, someone actually replied, but I want to make sure... I I don't know how which, did I see which comments you're talking I about. <laughs> I mean, I, I've read all the comments, but obviously there's a lot of stuff in there. I don't know which one specifically you're talking about. Uh, it was a guy who basically said um, they want to play devil's advocate uh, for Diablo with what Immortal. You said, yeah, with the whole paid for convenience. They they don't agree that it's as. Um, straightforward as as we put it uh but i can't remember where the fuck i saw that comment for some reason i feel like the comment happened on i i seem to remember on my channel but it shouldn't be it might be on discord actually i seem to remember someone trying to make the argument that like uh, in some countries or something like that like you know free-to-play games are actually really good and yeah sure but it's like i feel in a way that almost feels like even more exploitative due to the fact that yeah. you know those people are not you, you're never going to get access to the real end game of the game by playing yeah. free to play it's just it's just, it's just not going to happen like forget about it you, you want to do like a proper build good luck good luck with that like you, you might get a couple yeah. of hours of potential enjoyment out of it but there's just so much better content out there than than what diablo immortal is doing that it's just not even funny i mean literally people in my stream keep asking me rurikan why are you putting yourself through this and i'm like so that you don't have to 
I put myself through this so that you guys don't have to. <laughs> like I, I, I yesterday I was hoping I I'd hit a wall. That, I, I did I, less yesterday. I was hoping I would hit a wall so bad that I wouldn't be able to progress anymore, but I haven't like the The worst wall that I hit, it was like, okay, I'm level 46 and I got to get to level 51. And I'm pretty sure I can do that in a couple of hours. So whatever. Mm-hmm. But you know, I, I just want to really hit a fucking wall where it's like, now you pay or we're going to take like a week of your life away if you don't pay us. That's the wall that I want to hit, but I haven't really hit it so far. So, yeah, I, I would I would be I wouldn't be surprised if that is exactly what happens, if that is exactly what ends up happening, because I, at the I end think of the that, day, I think that happens after you finish the story. Like I'm 90 percent sure that's what's going to happen after after you finish the story and they unlock. Uh, I believe that they call it hell difficulty. Um, and then there's going to be like hell one, hell two, hell three, kind of like torment levels in Diablo three. And I think that's the point at which is like, okay, now you either swipe or you can go get fucked. Mm -hmm. I think that's the point at which I'll reach. And then I'll be like, okay, finally we hit the wall and now I got to, now I can finally do my video. But you know, so far in terms of just seeing the story, you can see it, but it's not like it's the most interesting story ever. Right. I kind of feel like it's at least not as bad as the story of Diablo 3, where you kind of like yeah. kill Diablo and the soul stone falls and nobody gives a fuck. And you're like, dude, do you remember in Diablo 2 where we were literally chasing down these fucking stones because they're the most yeah. dangerous thing ever? We go to like the, the Forge of Hell or whatever to break them so that the prime evils don't return. And in Diablo yeah. 3, the bitch just falls down and it's fine. And then in Reaper of Souls, the same thing happens again. It's like, what the fuck? Dude, I feel like Diablo, specifically Diablo, in terms of the world, have basically turned into a uh, sort of rinse-repeat kind of game. Everyone you kill in 1 and 2, you'll kill again in 3. Diablo is basically at this point just a fucking... uh, Pinata, a loot pinata, because yeah. he, he spawns every single game, and you get to kill him every single game. I haven't, um, I haven't seen him, but I've seen Bale. <laughs> he'll, he'll probably be in the expansion that you can buy for like fifty, fifty nine, ninety nine, right, uh, or some shit like that. I'm just, I'm sick and tired of this because I, I asked this yesterday during um, my mod discussion. What are the chances of this coming to WoW eventually and uh, eventually coming to games like Overwatch? Because there's so many people that is defending the the, the disgusting monetization of this. Oh, game. yeah. Dude, like, guaranteed, this is pretty much guaranteed. Anybody who thinks that Diablo 4 is not going to be paid to win, you're, you're just like on some weapons-grade copium, my guy. It's just like Diablo yeah. 4 is a thousand percent going to be paid to win because here's what people need to understand. Despite all of the videos, despite all of the stuff that is happening around Diablo Immortal, this yeah. game has 10x'd their investment by now, if not more. Like, this isn't even like a theory. This is a very conservative estimate, okay? Extremely conservative. I'd be surprised if by the end of the week they haven't 100x'd their investment. Because, why? Because psychological manipulation, dudes. 
because that's what they're doing. They're using psychological manipulation to fuck with people. And there's a lot of mm-hmm. people out there that are extremely vulnerable to this type of psychological manipulation. Like I can look at that plus 800% value all day long in the store because I have yeah. strong mental fortitude and I'm going to be like, like, I'm going to buy that shit, whatever. But there's a lot yeah. of people that they'll see it and they're just like, oh, dude, it's like it's at 800% value, dude. What the fuck? I got to buy it. I got to buy it now. I got to buy that that goddamn, the, um, what do they call it? The battle pass. And then I got to buy the, yeah. the boon of plenty. And then I got to buy the the, pro, the path of prodigy. And then I got to buy some platinum so that I can unlock the Ben's vault, which is the, the purple thingies that I was talking about earlier. Yeah, I got yeah. to buy all that shit. Yeah, sure. So I have, I have a bit of information here for people. On Metacritic, which is basically the golden standard for <laughs> uh, ratings, yeah. on Metacritic, the game's meta score, based on critical reviews, so this is from what they would call, quote-unquote, trusted uh, media Mainstream sources. media. It's 81, <laughs> right? The user score, on the other hand, is 0.8. <laughs> 0.8 out of 10. Now, I'm not saying that these mainstream media websites got to get them Diablo Immortal banner ads. I'm not saying that, but I'm yeah. also not not saying it. <laughs> so listen listen to what this is, right? So comicbook.com gave it a 90, and they said, whether you're playing it to stay occupied until Diablo 4 comes out or playing it out of excitement, Diablo Immortal is simply worth playing. Uh, no, then you have not. Merlin in Kazani from Turkey giving it an 82. The old hack and slash series is here again against the f- <laughs> uh, fanatics who want to bring Diablo back. We need to prevent uh, Worldstone from reuniting. The game, which acts as a bridge between Diablo 2 and 3, should be given a chance. Um, no, it shouldn't. Like, not a single one of the critical reviews. The gives, mainstream um, reviews. The mainstream reviews gives any mention to the monetization any wow, mention whatsoever dude. to wow. monetization they they only speak about the gameplay 0.8 now i'm not sure i'm going to have to check here but i'm pretty sure 0.8 may be um it's among the lowest for sure yeah it's pretty low i think it is actually like the lowest uh ever I think it's the lowest Interesting. ever. Um, but it's like, you you know what's going to happen. Like, we even talked about it in the previous podcast. Like, Blizzard's going to mm-hmm. step back, reduce the monetization just a smidge. And people are going to yeah. be like, oh, they're listening. Yay. And it's going to a thousand percent work. It's going to work, too, because people have, people are fickle beasts, man. It's like yep. the second Blizzard pulls down on the throttle just a little bit, people are going to jump at the chance to love this game. And the worst part is like, oh, yeah. I, like I'm saying, like this advances nothing in the franchise as a whole. Nothing that is done here hasn't been done better by Diablo three, uh, yeah. and there's just nothing there. There's just really nothing there. It's a big nothing burger, even in terms of story. Because like you know, I want to play to see the story. The story so far has been, you know, how at the end of Diablo two, Tyrael shatters uh-huh. the World Stone. Yeah. Shards have fallen all over Sanctuary, and those shards apparently have a whole lot of power. 
because uh, you know how the Diablo Soul Stone and Mephisto Souls, those are all yeah. made out of pieces of the World Stone. So that's why pieces of the world stone are so incredibly powerful. So now there's creatures that are picking up these shards that have fallen into the world after Tyrael busted down the world stone. And these creatures are becoming very powerful. We have to hunt them down, collect these shards of the world stone and break them. And the point that I'm at in the story is like I destroyed three shards so far and one of the shards got away. And I'm chasing down the dude who's got the other shard. Like, that's it. The whole story so far has been me hunting down these shards and breaking them down. That's it. That's the story. (laughs) So just to give you, I mean, I I didn't expect much from the story to begin with. When Blizzard said this is a story-driven game, I was like, yeah, fuck you, bro. It's got a lot of voice acting, though. I'll tell you that. (laughs) Yeah, but that's just... So can I just quickly... Explain here. So yesterday when I looked at the Metacritic score for Diablo Immortal, it was at 1.4. It's now on 0.8. So it is falling fast. Yeah. Just to give you guys an example of the games that it currently shares a list with, right? Uh, So it is currently on par with Grand Theft Auto, the trilogy, the definitive edition. Wow. FIFA 21, NBA 2K21. FIFA 20, 20 Legacy Edition, right? That's the Switch if it one. Falls, yeah, it's the Switch one. I know. If it falls any fucking lower, uh, like even one point, it's going to share with Grand Theft Auto, the trilogy, the definitive edition. That's the Xbox Series Series X one. Uh, or uh, even lower than that would be Grand Theft Auto, the trilogy, the definitive edition for PC. Wow. Madden NFL 2022. <laughs> Madden NFL 2022 for Xbox. And if it falls two more points, so point two more points, it will it will equal Warcraft 3. <laughs> Reforge. That's what it's shooting for. It's shooting for their Reforge score, dude. <laughs> oh, yeah. And to be fair, Blizzard's like, Reforge. here at Blizzard, we appreciate consistency. <laughs> yeah. I just, I just want to really paint this picture for people. Warcraft 3 Reforged was the most disliked video game in the world, right? For almost, uh, was it six, seven months? Was it wasn't? It wasn't until Madden NFL 21 came around that uh, it finally got replaced as not the bottom of the list because oh Madden NFL 2021 20, uh, on PlayStation 4 and Xbox One. It sits on 0.5 and 0.3. So it's just a little bit lower than Warcraft 3. And that's where Diablo Immortal is probably heading. I'm pretty sure by tomorrow, if I check the sco- uh, the it's user critical scores, lower. it's going to be even lower, yes. But yeah, it's, it's, it's like we're saying. They're going to ride the negativity for a little bit. Then they're going to balance it out. Because like at, the, at this time, even though they're getting hit with all this flack... They're still milking whales, dude. They're harpooning oh, people yeah. left and right. Like, there's a oh, for, yeah. for every person that's upset. Like, here's what the, the level of scale that people need to understand. For each one of you that is upset, there's a million of you that are pumping money in there. And this is not an exaggeration. This is like 30 million pre-registrations. I didn't even pre-register. And it's like one one of the other really disgusting things is you know how every mm-hmm. online game, whenever it comes out. Yeah. There's like server problems, there's queues, there's all, and the developers are always saying, we can't help it, there's technology limitations. You know that this game did not have a single queue for anyone? 
30 million pre-registrations, not wow. a single queue. There's there's been some people that have experienced the odd disconnect here and there, but like yeah. nothing too major. Like the infrastructure just worked. Somehow for this particular That's gem of a fun. game, they fucking figured it out. Like dude, listen, when I logged in, which I logged in on PC day 1, mm. the moment it released yeah. on PC, I logged in and I didn't even went to like one of the free like the the green servers. I was looking at the server list and there was a server that it said Three people from your friends list are on this server, and I'm like, okay, I'll I'll jump in here. And it said, oh, this server's red and it's full and it's all this. And I just go in there and I create my character really slowly. Like I actually take some time in the character creation, whatever. Tap out my name, enter first try, first attempt. No disconnects, no bullshit, no cues, no nothing, no nothing, dude. They put yeah. so much money behind this. They're just like, dude. Yep servers and servers Did and servers like there's nothing there hasn't really been yeah. a massive outage at all mm -hmm. in this game which is what? fucking disgusting dude. but they have to right because it's a free-to-play game it's not like with their world of warcraft or overwatch games where you have to buy it you already bought it. it yeah you already bought it so they don't give a fuck yeah, whether like, you spend oh. two or three days getting in this is a free-to-play game you can't people play. can't get in they People can't, can't make get money. in. Yeah. They just uninstall it, right? But basically so, it proves that it's like, listen, this isn't like an insurmountable problem. Developers are just not willing no. to put enough money behind it. Because if they did, this is the result. There's no, at least you guys can correct me in the comment section, but I haven't heard anything of like massive outages, queues, no. or anything. like. I haven't heard anything about queues at all and i haven't experienced any queues at all getting into the game i mean every time been... i go in instantly even the server even shows up as red like it's like oh the red server it's full might be lagging or whatever i go in it's running fine no problems yeah, yeah i i think you would have seen articles right yeah exactly Absolutely. would have seen articles and i've been following the game quite closely i've not seen a single article saying that people are experiencing queues or People are experiencing incredible Somehow, disconnects on they mass. figured it out, man. They fucking it figured it out. Just, they solved the problem. It just works, dude. It just works because it has to. Of course. And this is... So people need to understand something. Yes, the majority of the player base is very unhappy with the monetization options. No, I disagree. The issue is... I 100% disagree. I've actually... So I've, I, th I've, I've I think it's a minority. Numbers. I think it's a really small minority. I think a majority of the player base is just like uh -huh. playing this shit on their phone for five minutes. They buy a couple of eternal orbs and they log out. I guarantee you, a majority of people, uh, um, they're just playing this shit on their phone. They're not even watching yeah. YouTube videos because they don't give a fuck. Because from um from like the, what, what do you call it? From the bar that you set for mobile games, which are mostly shit. This yeah. is like the fucking cream of the crop. Even though if you compare it yeah. to any other like decent PC slash console game, it's a piece of shit. But like in the reality of the mobile market, this is like one of the best games ever made in terms of playability because it plays great. Yeah. So. But you see, the thing is uh, going on the numbers, it suggests that the majority of people are unhappy. If you go on sort of Metacritic, um, but that's the uh, Blizzard is already claiming that they're getting review bombed, even though if you have a majority of people that like something, 
review bombs are very very no difficult. but that's the thing the the, the the problem with these type of games is like because you're still thinking about it from the perspective of like a console slash pc game the reality of mobile games is that a majority mm-hmm. of people they're they're not going to metacritic they don't give a fuck they're not doing anything they're just like picking up the game on their phone and they're playing and and here's the thing like what is it rated at in the app store that's the important part right let's look diablo immortal I, yeah tell me what, app what they store rated at rating like let me just see 4.7 stars out of five now let's check out in the i'm serious dude i am a hundred percent it is 4.7 out of five with forty nine thousand reviews 4.7 now let's take a look at the ios store diablo immortal ios store rating let's see it it is Wait, what the fuck? No, this is. 4. Oh wait, apps, app, app store, app store goes to the the thing. I shouldn't have typed app store. I wanted to see Android store. So the the one that I just give you is actually the Apple store one. So Android yeah. store rating. Uh, four point five, four point five star rating with two hundred and fifty one thousand reviews. Actually, it's four point one right now. Four point yeah, one with three hundred and sixty eight thousand. So as you can see, just like I've been telling you, dude, like you got three hundred reviews here, you got fifty thousand more over on Apple Store, and everybody is rating it at least above four out of five. Like, like I'm telling you, dude, like if you go, how many, how many reviews did you even have over on Metacritic for that 0.8? I bet it doesn't even come close to what is no, essentially four, 400,000 reviews. See, that's what I'm telling you, dude, is a majority of people, they're just playing this shit on their phone. They're like, oh my God, look at these fucking graphics, dude. They don't give a fuck about the 800% value. They don't give a fuck about the fact that they're getting milked and that's why blizzard hasn't addressed it yet because they're still milking the casual people that play video um video games on phone they're still milking Mm -hmm. those right and when they start seeing that start taper off right when that starts going down eventually when it's like okay people got burned out of the game or something like that maybe they hit a wall for whatever reason right when that happens that's when you're going to see blizzard come out and going like okay guys we hear you we're going to lower the bad monetization practices and then they're going to get all the people that are upset right now that are their core gamers are going to be like oh blizzard is listening to us oh thank god and they're going to crank down the values to what they originally wanted to begin with like we discussed in the previous podcast and the people on phones they're gonna love it even more because like oh my god they actually made it even better this is great it's a win-win dude they can't lose and this is gonna make them so much fucking money that there is no reason for them to make an ethical product in diablo 4 as a matter of fact just their investment board are gonna go like what the fuck do you mean you want to do an ethic? You guys are crazy. You see the money we made on Diablo Immortal? You guys are fucking insane. We want even more than that. You crank up that bitch even more. A hundred percent, dude. So I want to I wanna point out that I have lost all faith in humanity. Yeah, and gamers specifically, I feel like, um, I, I feel like, I don't Gamers? think. No, 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 no. Here's, guys, here's the thing. When you when you yeah. talk like that, you have to define what do you mean by gamers, though, right? Because like, I mean, the people that are making this be successful, it's not gamers that watch you or me. 
These aren't the people. I mean, sure, there's a couple of those fucking the fan sandies that are going to go like suck on Bobby Kotick's dick and be like, oh, this is not really a problem. It's a PVE game. It's fine. Like, you know, there's, there's people like that. Sure. But they're the minority when it comes to the people that we broadcast for. So it's like when you're defining gamers, you you have to define yeah. which group of gamers we're talking about here. But as a whole, yeah, we fucking failed, dude. We fucking failed. <laughs> we failed hard. Listen to this fucking asshole on the Android Google Play Store, right? He goes, update. It would be extremely helpful to have a spinner or progress bar on the splash screen. Just something to show players that it's loading and not just stuck there. The repair client at the bottom is a bit misleading. I thought it was telling me I needed to repair my client. It doesn't look like a button to perform the repair operation. Also, game effing rocks. No issues. Blizzard, you sexy bastards. You never disappoint me. I will say this, though. If there, there is no is. Cow, cow level. Um, five out of five stars, by the way. There it is. Uh, I, dude, I think... <laughs> I think... I think you gamers gamers deserve what the fuck they get, dude. Just, <laughs> they they deserve what they get. Fuck it. It's, uh, you know what? It's very I, sad, I hope, dude. I hope and pray that every single video game coming out of Blizzard is exactly the same as Diablo Immortal. I hope because not. fucking hell. No, dude. I I hope so. What I if Dragonflight so is like that, dude? What the fuck? Don't you want Dragonflight to be good? Come on. No, because the the gamers deserve this. <laughs> this is what you deserve. Because Jesus. for years I have warned about this. I have said that shit like this is coming, and I have Likewise. been told constantly, "Dude, it's just a fucking mount on the cash or yeah. Shut the fuck up and look at where we are now. So you know what? Fuck it. Let's go, Blizzard. Let's get all the monetization in. <laughs> I want Blizzard to actually no longer have Mythic Plus keys. Mythic Plus keys should also be crests that you buy from the fucking <laughs> store. And that's the only way you can do a Plus 15 is if you actually bought the fucking Plus 15 of what the store. You, what if you fail it, that's though? It. <laughs> if you a- fail it, it's fucking gone. It's gone. You have to pay... So it would be it would be one ninety nine for a Plus 15 key. And if you fail it, you can actually re- repair it for one dollar. Like, it's like you're back. You're back at the um, what do you what do you call it? Like those carnival fairs. It's like you're getting fucking yeah. scammed by the carnies, dude. Dude, I I want this because the gamers deserve this. This is what we deserve because when we could have fought, we were so busy. Just going, no, fuck it. Let's suck Bobby Kotick's dick a little bit more. Dude, I, I've and been fighting this for here, so many years, dude. I, I'm, Jesus. <laughs> I want to see this happen even more. I genuinely want to see this happen even Jesus more. Jesus Christ. Um, because I don't think until such time that every game turns into a nightmare, um, I don't think gamers are going to rise up. Because I've seen... Even now on Twitter, the amount of defense that Diablo oh, Immortal yeah. is getting is ridiculous. The yeah. amount of people that is, uh, and uh, I literally just clicked on a link while we were sitting here. That's, by the way, why I'm so angry right now. Because uh, someone in my Discord actually linked the Diablo Immortal forums. Anyone and everyone that says anything negative about the game is getting downvoted to fuck on the forums like they are getting attacked by the people on the forums yep so this is what i want now 
I I want gaming Scorched to turn Earth. into an absolute <laughs> yeah, yeah. I want Blizzard to turn gaming into an absolute fuck fest of how much money can we make out of every single game. Jesus Christ. Yeah, guys, it's a little bit of doom and gloom when it comes to Diablo Immortal, but the already, I mean, we already said our prediction, which is basically like Blizzard is going to come around eventually whenever the mobile crowd starts tapering off, they're going to come yeah. around and they're going to bump back all of the values. Everybody's going to go like, they listened. They're the best. We yeah. always knew you had it in you, Blizzard. Yes, please. And that's going to be it. That's just going to be it. It is what it is. Yeah, exactly. Right now, they know that they can make a lot of money off of whales, oh, which yeah. is why it's so incredibly aggressive. It'll probably stay this incredibly ing aggressive for at least a month. I'd say, yeah, one, one they, to two months, give or take. Yeah. Once they start seeing like the whales sort of tapering off, um, that's when they'll start dropping the prices to a more sustainable level. Yeah. Right? Uh, because now they, they have to start focusing on prolonged play and again it's about that turning players into payers the people who do not make a single purchase for the first month of playing aren't making those purchases because it's too expensive or too difficult and they don't understand it so after a month or two if blizzard sort of simplifies the upgrade process they make it cheaper suddenly you turn a bunch of new people into play uh, payers and now you're getting a renewed bump in uh, in your overall monetization. So it, it and you obviously get to pretend like you're a good guy, Blizzard, listening to the community. Yeah. Um. You know, after all of your feedback, we decided to uh, simplify our monetization processes because um, we're the good guys. And like Clearly. you said, um, I want Blizzard to go apeshit on every single one of their games. Now I want to see the exact same thing in Diablo Four. I want to see this exact same thing in Overwatch 2. Uh, I want to see this in Dragonflight. Uh, and it's already it's already possible for Blizzard to do it in Dragonflight without too much. So yeah. all Blizzard needs right now for World of Warcraft to turn into an absolute pay-to-win is a re-roll button on the vault. A single re-roll button, button on the vault that costs, say, 500,000 gold. Right yep. or let's say a hundred thousand gold to re-roll, and it gets more and more expensive every single time you re-roll. But it's unlimited. You can re-roll until your piece of gear is on that vault. People will re-roll, 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 run out of gold, then buy gold with the using the token, so they continue re-rolling, so they can get the piece of loot that they were after. Um, if Blizzard does that. It's effectively printing money and becoming the true pay-to-win experience that I know they can do. Ah, uh, that is a bleak future, dude. But we deserve it. We fucking deserve it because we. I don't think. Speak I don't up. think I deserve it. Fuck that shit. <laughs> I I I think we all do. I think if only for because I've obviously I've never purchased a single thing off of a cash store. Uh, apart from League of Legends, which I, I view as a free-to-play game, therefore supporting its cash store is actually supporting the game. Um, but I've I've never, and also because their monetization isn't scumbags, it's literally buy a champion so that I can play the champion. 
but apart from that, I, I don't support cash shops. But if I want the gaming industry to wake the fuck up, I need Blizzard and all other gaming companies to become more scumbag. Because that's the only way they're going to wake up. They have to realize just how bad this is. My fear with that is that due to the fact that our youth has kind of been trained to accept this, they'll yeah. just accept that as well. That's it. You see, and, I don't... I think and what ends up happening is like yeah. most people who are like older than 30 or something like that, they'll just either leave gaming or play old video games, which is essentially what I'm planning on doing when shit goes that bad. And, yeah. you know, new games will all just be like that forever and it's over. I think that might be I what just ends that. up happening. But, you know, that's that's a little bit too much doom and gloom. Uh, we should probably call it here. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, call, we'll call it here, guys. Uh, once again, if you guys are enjoying the Frozen Sodium Throne, remember you can hit the like button. Uh, if you have been listening to this on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts or whatever, Remember, leave a rating helps out a lot. Not a whole lot of people are checking out the audio only version and check us out on YouTube. There's going to be links to Akalon stuff in the description and uh, we'll see you guys in the next one. Stay strong. Oh yeah. Stay safe. Peace out. Thank you very much. Ladies and gentlemen. Peace out.